Hey guys, just wanted to let you know before you play this episode, it does contain profanity, so if you have sensitive ears or kids in the room or you are easily offended by profanity, you may want to listen to it at a later date or put some headphones in to listen to this particular episode. When we interview our guests, people have different styles of delivery when they deliver their message and how they deliver it. However, I'm also a big proponent of people being true to themselves. That's what makes us unique in our own way and different and makes the world go round. So just wanted to give you that fair warning before you play the episode. I hope you enjoy the information as it's presented. Enjoy. and stuff podcast where common sense is being brought back to our society one episode at a time relax turn your radio and headphones up the show starts in three two one Welcome back to the Huff and Stuff podcast. I am your host, Nick Huffsteller, coming to you from the Palmetto State, South Carolina. Like I say every episode, if you're a first-time listener, thank you very much for listening in. If you like what you hear, please share with your family, friends, and coworkers. You can hear us on Spotify, on the Apple Podcast platform. Um, I mentioned in the last episode, I had an episode with Mr. J uh, the other week. We now have some new merchandise. Check us out on the Instagram page, Huff and Stuff Podcast. We now have keychains. There'll be a new t-shirt coming out here um, in the next couple weeks, so keep an eye out for that. One thing we are going to try to do this year is to post all of our episodes on the YouTube channel. It's going to be at Huff and Stuff Podcast, so check us out on there. Let me give a shout out to the Invisible Man Staley, who does all of our audio for us, and also Christy, who makes our t-shirts, and also Franklin McFalls, who does the engraving for the keychains and the cups that we have. So there's going to be some new merchandise. Keep a lookout for that on there if you're interested uh, reach out to me and we'll make that happen we have small to extra extra large if you're past extra extra large i can't help you because that's as far as we go very excited about today's episode as we start 2023 people are in the process of starting their new year's resolutions people tend to fall off the track with that and uh one of my former uh friends i used to work with we used to be in law or we're still currently in law enforcement but he is uh mentor he makes great instagram posts uh health fanatic uh mr joe shalotka i'm glad to have you on the podcast joe thank you for being with us today i appreciate you having me nick <laughs> just like old times it's just to have you it's just like we picked up where we left off that it's only been eight years we're good <laughs> pretty much we've been reminiscing for like the last 30 minutes catching up on everything but i appreciate you uh being on the uh, podcast with us your Instagram page always is entertaining, motivating. <laughs> I always look forward to seeing your videos. <laughs> so, but thank you very much for being on here. Um, so the reason I picked Joe, he uh, has competed in the past. He is an advocate for physical fitness, always posting motivational quotes, just trying to stay on track and consistency. I'm going to go ahead and put this disclaimer out there before we start this, because I guess this is what we're supposed to do. We are not doctors or physicians. What we talk about is strictly our opinions, and uh, you might want to consult your doctor and physician before embarking on any of these health and nutritious programs to see what's right for you. So I got that out of the way. That's right. All right, Joe, got a question to ask you. Let's do it. You put your shopping carts back. Every time. What's your take on that? It's 
it's one of those things that if you put your shopping cart back, first off, you took it. Second, your obligation is to put that cart back, leaving it in a parking lot for someone else to pick up, quote unquote, because that's their job is bullshit. What you got to do is you got to put that back because that also builds your own detail orientation. Right. You bring that shopping cart back, that's something that you're doing. That builds on the next thing. Somebody else sees that, they pick up on it. Like, what well, I got to put a shopping cart back. And that's not, look, you leave a shopping cart in the middle of a parking lot and then hit somebody else's car. You know, like, you ever come out and you have a ding in your car? You don't want that. It's the epitome of laziness. It is the epitome of laziness. It's, it's, it's a small gesture of, to test how you're going to act yes. and... I usually end up putting three or four back, but yeah, that's a big theme around here. Or you take one when you're walking inside the store. You take one that's in the parking lot already, take that one and use that one. Well, nine out of 10 times, Walmart's not going to have one inside. <laughs> yeah, so you might as well go ahead and just take one in the parking lot and be a good Samaritan because you're not going to have one and the wheel's going to be yes. all wobbly. Yeah. You're going to have to go do a tire change on it anyway. So and you have to go swipe some WD-40 to spray on the wheel because they're so raggedy the wheels are. Correct. Shout out to Walmart. Yeah. All right, another question. I always ask everybody, do you re-rack your weights at the gym or do you one of those slack asses who just leave them on the, the weightlifting racks? It, you can tell a lot of a person based on if they shop, they put their shopping carts back off, they re-rack their weights. If you could lift them, you could put them back. That's right. the way I look at it. If not, you got some issues, man. Like, there's not somebody else's job to do what you started. Correct. You started A, you finish at Z, and that's re-racking weights, that's putting your plates back. I'll be honest, man, the gyms that I worked at, it's even worse when I see someone who's in law enforcement or someone who's in the public service and they don't re-rack their weights. Yeah. That speaks volumes to me. It's like looking at somebody's car and there's just shit everywhere in the car. Like, that speaks volumes to me about how lazy you are. And you can you can have a great physique. Right. You can look amazing. Right. But you're still lazy as fuck to right. at the end of the day. That's right. You know, so you can tell based on those little things. Yeah, it's it's amazing to me. It's, I could go in the gym at three in the morning and I end up spending half hour yep. re-racking everybody's weights. It's another it, workout. It's another workout. <laughs> like, it's more cardio for me. Thanks. Shout out. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so, what we do is generally we go over a couple news articles and I'll get your take on it and we'll go from there and get on into the podcast. First thing we got, uh, pediatricians are now recommending surgery and weight loss pills for obese children. This came from statnews.com. What's your take on it? First, try getting your kids into a sport or a physical activity to realize obesity isn't the issue. It's the fact that you're probably not letting your kid do you know, activities. Right. Get them outside. Get them go for a walk. Or better yet, why don't you be the role model in their life to show them, hey, this is what fitness is. Hey, let's go outside and play cash. Whether it's social media, whether it's video games, and that's what's keeping these kids inside. And when they're inside, what are they doing? They're stuffing their faces with more shit. And I can guarantee you, the majority of the time, it comes from their parents. Their parents are letting them do that. Their parents aren't even there. Right. But get your kids involved in sports. I guarantee you, it's not going to be solved by a pill. It's going to be solved by work ethic. Yes. You get your kid into a sport, and he teaches them discipline, and he teaches them leadership, and how to perform physically, how to perform, how to eat properly. At least it'll help. You know, and that's that's really how you solve it. It's not going to come in a pill. It's not going to come in surgery. What are you going to give a ten-year-old fucking you know liposuction? There was the there was the, when I was reading the article. There was children as early as thirteen having surgery done, I and mean, that's the time kids are developing too. And 
knew that. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, I was a fat kid. Yeah, so was I. I was, and people, we all people go look at, people stages. look at you and they look at me and they think like, oh, you just came out of the womb looking like you were shaped. No. No. Like, you know, when I was pushing 230 as a five foot six senior in high school, that was fat. Right. You know, I got stretch marks up and down my back, not from lifting, but that was from putting yeah. all that weight on. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there in front of this when the internet came out in 1997. To so all those listeners out there, we had dial-up back then, <laughs> so it wasn't like it is now. Right. But all I would do is you spend out there. You, you know, you're cruising the quote-unquote internet. You're listening to that sound from AOL, and all you're doing is eating. And right. Then you're going to sleep. You know. Yeah. I told somebody the other day, and, I, and it's sad looking back, but I'm kind of glad it happened. I remember in eighth grade, I got cut from the junior high basketball team. The referee or the coach told me he, he noticed I was going up for seconds at lunch. <laughs> and that just stuck in my mind. I think the light bulb finally came on. I was like, you know, maybe I need to do something myself. I mean, but, you know, it's all kids go through the, I, I consider a fat stage, yeah. but having surgery is not the solution. No. I think the parents need to have a bonfire and put those gaming systems in there and like go outside and play with a rock or stick or something. At least right at the stop sign with your bicycle. What well, it comes down from the example, if 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 you if you brought a child into this world who's now a young man or a young woman and a teenager, etc., you're setting that example for them. Right. Don't, you know, don't give them the quick fix that you would have given yourself at that age. Be the role model for them. Be the role model they wanted. Be the role model that you didn't have growing sure. up. Sure. And you wouldn't be in that spot to show them, hey, this is what you got to do, man. You want to lose weight? You got to go out there and work. That's right. Because the large majority of time, it's not the thyroid. The large majority of time, it's because you're eating. And the one thing I hope to get across to your, your guys today, your listeners, is that, you know, when people start these New Year's resolutions, you just, the first thing you got to remember is you didn't put yourself in this shape overnight. You're not going to get into fantastic shape right. tomorrow. Right. If, if, you, if you've been treating your body like shit for 10 years... It's going to take a good year or two for you to like really to shed all that. Yeah, exactly. Right. But the good news is two years compared to 10, it's a good trade off. Sure. Sure. You know? And you know, we'll talk about it later, but when we had COVID, it put a lot of people in their houses mm-hmm. with the gyms being shut down and all that. And a lot more people were obese. We'll get into that here in a minute. But yeah, it, it's all about taking the first step and mm-hmm. getting out there and doing something physically active. I mean, just you can't stay home and not do any sports, not do, do any PE at school and expect to get any results by just coming home and sitting there. So yeah, definitely interesting take on that. All right, uh, next thing we got, this was one from Police One in London, Ohio. Police cadets in Ohio are being kicked out of the academy for failing a physical fitness test, which consists of push-ups, sit-ups, and a one and a half mile run. They're saying it's unfair standards. Sheriff McGuffrey is requesting the physical fitness standards be changed. You and I have been in this over 10 years. Things have changed even in the short time we've been in it. But you knew what you signed up for. Now, from my understanding, now I will say this reading the article, they they had already went through several hundred hours through the academy and already passed all that, and then the physical fitness part came afterwards, and they were being kicked out after they had already went through about 200 hours of training. So my thing, I, my suggestion was, it's like what we had to do. You had to pass the physical fitness test first thing. First thing. When you pass, you didn't pass that, you went home. Correct. And I don't know. People have different takes on this. I think there should be a physical fitness standard across the board for every agency. How often do you qualify with your firearm? Twice a year. Okay. Um, How yeah. often do you do EVOC? Do you guys do EVOC over there? Yes. Okay. Once a year, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be the same for fitness? Correct. 
I've always been an advocate of that. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, 1.5 mile run or push up the sit-ups because that's not really indicative of what we do in the job. Maybe a push sled. You have to have an assist motor. you got to push a car out of the roadway. Right. You know, you do have to have a foot chase. You do have to have some sort of some sort of endurance. Sure. And, you know, I've always talked about it in this way. When someone like you steps out of the car, you command respect. Sure. When someone who steps out of the car and looks like they're sleeping in last night's uniform and look like 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag, that that's suspect if they are a suspect or a citizen. I've run. You're like, yeah, man, I, I got this guy beat. You know, I can run. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you size them up. You're always getting sized up in life. Take away law enforcement. You're getting sized up in life. When you go to Walmart, you're getting sized that's up. That's right. You could be a potential victim. Yep. First you impressions know? are always everything. Always. Always. So, and that's a big thing. I mean, if do I agree that they should have had that physical part in the beginning? Yeah, weed out the people from the get-go. If yeah. you're not passing it after 200 hours... You know, it, I'm assuming there was some sort of physical training during this going on. Sure. Just like we had PT every single morning, just like the NYP has PT every single day for the majority of their sure. training. It's one of those aspects where that should be in the beginning, the middle, and the end. You know, we had the challenge run at the end, which is the running aspect. But you talk to the majority of our guys, the best shape, unfortunately, the best shape that they were ever in in their lives when they were after the academy. Was it the academy? Correct. I remember I like a skeleton when I came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Number one, it was the food the yeah. inmates were cooking. Yeah, but, yeah, still, yeah. but still, yeah. it was it was, it was it like was boot bad. camp. That's it what was, people would compare. It was, yeah. um, and unfortunately, it's sad to say, if you took a poll, probably across most of these agencies, if they required a physical fitness standard, you'd probably lose over half of your employees. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it would be one of those things where I think you know if you if you have those physical standards every year, just like if you can't qualify, you have to go through your forty hours remedial. You're not gonna you're not all of a sudden to be an athlete in forty hours. But I would say that okay, if you don't pass it in July, you got to take it up again before the end of the year. Right. And you got to take that. Right. You know, there's no we're not like crossing hairs here. You just gotta six months gives you enough time to be better in something right. in everything. Sure. You know, you just got to be consistent with it. You know? Well, I know with our with our physical uh, the pack course or whatever the one of the last parts that people struggle with is the dummy at the end Dragon, and yeah. I don't think they realize in their mind though you can't picture that as a dummy that is your partner mm-hmm. who has been shot and you are exerting your force to pull them out of that situation mm-hmm. it's not just like okay this is we're gonna put this hell on you mm-hmm. um, but I think if you get a mental picture of what's going on it would be easier to maybe accomplish that I think and I, I know you've seen this in your with your guys, and I've seen it with my guys as well. People overestimate how much an adrenaline rush is going to do for them, whether it's in a fight or whether it's in a situation sure. like that. Because people freeze up in situations like that. You know, when you have somebody who's stuck in a burning car, you're what you're telling yourself you're going to do in your head is, I'm going to be Dwayne Johnson. I'm going to be Jason Statham. I'm going to break this window. I'm going to drag this son of a bitch out. I'm going to. That's not, unfortunately, that's not that's the right. way a lot of these things not realistic. go. And I'm, I'm a real big advocate of like playing things through in your mind before it even happens and going through these role plays in your head. And, but that has to be in conjunction because yes, you can have that one aspect where you have this feat of strength where you have like the baby that's under a car and somebody who doesn't look in shape just picks the car up and it's sure. amazing. Right. It's also not, this isn't Transformers, this isn't CGI. That's right. You know, and I think unfortunately people have to, they have to always be called on. I just heard Goggins bring it up a few days ago. 
they ask him, what are you training for? He's like, I'm, I'm not training for anything, but every day I'm ready for something. That's right. And that's the best way to look at it. It doesn't mean that you're going to go out there every single day and save a life. But in the same aspect, you should be ready to go out there every day and save a fucking life. That's right. And you, your adrenaline is not going to help you. You're going to have an adrenaline dump or your cardio is going to go. You know, one minute of wrestling, we used to compare it to eight minutes of running on a treadmill at a speed of eight. You try to ask somebody to wrestle with 30 to 40 pounds of gear. Yeah, it's it's game over, unfortunately. And I will say, you we've we've all seen cops over the years, but Live PD it has given a different perspective on what cops go through, and just that two minute run might be from here, yeah. maybe two blocks up the road. How exhausted yes. you are just with that. You see all these physical fit cops on Chicago PD, and they're yeah. like, yeah, you know they. Have no vest on, mm-hmm. and then but you run with forty extra pounds of weight on. It mm-hmm. takes a whole new uh, perspective when you're trying to run and chase after somebody. Yeah, we, it's like it's what I always tell people too. Unfortunately, when you go to a scene, you're explaining what the actual realism of life is, as opposed to what you see on TV. I was like, you guys watch, you know, L. Kudre on as an NCIC, whatever that show that is. That dude shoots somebody every single day. He's never on the desk. He's never he's never taking time off. He's still on the right. job. Like. Right. That's not real life, you know. I still wish I'd do a live PD episode where there's nothing but paperwork for three hours. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, what, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, this, well, is, this is what we do for that one hour car chase. That we just did. Yeah. Yeah, this is me doing use of force for what you just saw on TV. So I'm still waiting on that episode. I yeah. think they'd lose all their viewers yeah. after that. I'm still waiting for that guy to upload his body cam. But we, you know, just, just chill yeah. out. We can talk. You know? Yeah, pretty much. We're doing some counseling in here. <laughs> You know, even then, too, I mean, we learned defense tactics in, in the academy and all that, but I, I encourage people, and I'm giving a shout-out on EDC Dynamics, uh, Richard White, but yeah. you need to stay in some kind of physical fitness program or even self-defense because how you carry yourself could be a matter of life and death before your backup gets there, too, as well. And first off, go on a side note, Richard White is one of the most amazing men and mentors <laughs> that, yes, you know, he is. that Nick and I have ever had the pleasure of knowing and working with. Um, but you look at someone like Richard. You, you never, you would never expect him. Humblest guy you'll ever meet, but he's still 150 pounds, maybe sinewy muscle. Correct. But when you step out, like you just see this dude, and you're like, oh, I could take him. Nah, he's gonna, he's gonna destroy you. One he's finger. gonna destroy you. He's gonna destroy me. One he's gonna finger, destroy everybody else. And he'll walk out smiling <laughs> like his, his hair's not out of place or anything. <laughs> So, Richard, we love you. Exactly. All right. Uh, next thing we got here is some Fox News. At least 74 sheriff's departments have publicly vowed to defy a recent gun uh, control law signed by Governor Pritzker, which bans semi-automatic weapons. Uh, multiple agencies are in support of the Second Amendment and what it stands for and refuse to confiscate the firearms, which take on. Good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're in a profession where firearms are part of, you know, part of our daily activity and we have to use them, unfortunately, at times when a situation arises. But, you know, situations like this, it goes back to the last few years where it's like, you know, pushing and pushing. There should have been pushed back years ago with a lot of stuff that was coming down the pike. Sure. You know, if there was a more unified stand as opposed to the fear mongering that the news was doing at the time, you would have had a lot more pushback. You know, I'm, I'm extremely glad that, you know, my guys were not part of that group where it was like, go enforce this. That wasn't our that wasn't our detail. That wasn't our job because I wouldn't be part of that regardless. Right. Unfortunately, other people were put in that situation in other states where they were like, yeah, like, no, that, yeah. yeah, you don't got a vaccine, so you can't go eat at a restaurant. At least when it comes to, you know, the gun control aspect of the fact that the guy's like, no, we're not going to enforce that. But that's what it is. That's what a majority is going to overrule. Sure. And like, all right, this isn't this isn't the hill you want to die on. And it's not a hill you should die on. This that's is right. our Second Amendment right. 
That's right. So I'm totally agreeing. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Like I said, I'm we I'm a full supporter of Second Amendment, and some people think there should be some stipulations on that, and that's not what it meant at the time. But me personally, I don't think you should have to have a permit to even carry a firearm. I know a lot more states are passing um, the constitutional carry, but uh, you know, there's there's always ramifications. But there's I'm, I'm totally with the sheriff's departments, and I'm glad they're pushing back against this, saying no, people have the right to have these firearms. Absolutely, it's a way to go for y'all. Kudos to y'all. All right, we've known each other for quite a while. Um, I have heard bits and parts of your story throughout the years, and. <laughs> It depends on who it comes from. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's always come from the source. Um, it's uh, the parts I have heard. It's a remarkable story and how you came into the law enforcement profession. So if you don't mind, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your story, how you got into this, and uh, I'll let you take it away from there. I appreciate those kind words as well. Um, basically, long story short, I got into this profession when I was 30 years old. I was living up in New York. My cousin, who is a homicide detective in NYPD, he had brought up one day, and I still remember, it was Valentine's Day, I was managing a gym at the time, and we were snowed in, and we were just sitting there shooting the shit, and we were just talking, and he was like, you know, you'd be a really great cop. He's like, the way you are with people, the way your memory is, the way you observe a lot of stuff, I didn't really think much of it. And then it got to a point where I was sitting there talking to my dad a few weeks later, and he's like, Joe, he's like, what do you do, manage and balance for the rest of your life? He's like, there's no real, you know, my dad was always one of those guys, like, get a professional job, and benefits and all that sure. I'd apply down here um, back then the process the process back then was um, a bit longer because of the guys that we had in recruiting and whatnot and the, the amount of people that we had trying to get into the door at the time and um, I remember putting the applications in I want to say it was March because that conversation was February I put it in March or April I didn't get uh, my first round of until October of that year. Let me stop you. What were you doing before? Well, I was up in New York. I was managing a gym, and I was also um, I was a teacher's aide working in a school with autistic children in a classroom setting. Okay. And I was coaching wrestling in that same school. Okay. So I was kind of wearing all these different hats. You right, know, right. Great. But the thing was, with all those jobs, you only you top out after a certain amount of time. You can only do so much. Sure, sure. And I had no interest in going back to school right or becoming a teacher. Yeah, exactly. You could. It's like, all right, what am I do? Three jobs, trying to make a paycheck and whatnot. I love my jobs, don't get me wrong. But it was one of those things like you could only see yourself doing it for so long. Yeah. So I put my application in, um, got the call down. It was uh, Walt Field and Katrina Eastwood. What are two people in recruiting at the time? And we hit it off right off the bat. Came down with my dad on both times. Came down for three days in October. It was October 11th, 12th, and 13th. I remember that because my cousin got married on the 10th of October, 10, 10, 10. And then came back again in December, got the phone call like that following week. And they were like, yeah, we're going to hire you. Um, how fast can you come down here? The class starts in January 10th of that new year. I said, oh, I'll put in my two weeks now. I'll go upstairs. I was putting my two weeks at the school. Did that. That typical story of packing everything you own. I had a Toyota Rav4 at the time, packed everything I owned, which wasn't much because I was living in an apartment at the time. Did that, came down here. I lived at the uh, extended stay off of Exit 12 on 77. Great place. <laughs> amazing place, which is now ironically <laughs> one of my we've taken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great, amazing place. So, four stars. <laughs> easily, easily four. Um, came down here. I, there was a U-Haul right across the street to put whatever I had in that grab there. And then but basically my presets of khakis that I had, they were in my, you know, the hotel room. So I did BCS for, at the time it was only three weeks long. Then went to the academy, got kicked out of the academy. 
um, for pressure points. Nothing of a cool, crazy story, just pressure points. Came back, got recycled, um, came back after that, graduated, and then basically went right into it. So, and then at that time, uh, that whole time, you know, I was living in a hotel, had my stuff in the storage unit. There were times where I was living in my car just because, I mean, we weren't getting paid jack at the time for sure. And you're trying to pay for a hotel, no matter how shitty the hotel is, you still gotta, you still gotta pay. Exactly. So, um, you know, it all worked itself out. And the thing that kept my mind going, even getting kicked out of the academy, no matter how it was, like, that's when I made the joke about my diet back then was, you know, protein shakes and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's what it was. It was cheap, it was affordable, and that's what I was doing. And um, the thought that was always in my head was not letting my dad down. That's sure. my biggest thing. I could never make that phone call. I remember making a phone call after I got kicked out of the academy and like breaking down. Cause I, he's like, dude, he goes, you still got another shot. Let me stop you right there. And I've yet to use those pressure point control. Me either. I've never, I've never <laughs> used the pressure points. And that's nothing, that's nothing against the man who was teaching him at the time, but I've never used those Correct. in my profession. Right. That's no, why I had to put that I, in there. I agree. But um, I understand why it's taught and I'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, so did that, um, got myself together as far as like credit, because when I moved out here, I had no credit, not bad credit, not good credit, just no credit. Got myself credit and then um, kind of just picked up and kind of became this uh, the person that I am through it all 12 years later. I just celebrated 12 years, ironically. Congratulations. Thank you, me too, uh, I'm surprised. <laughs> so over the years, uh, you have developed this moniker Batman, yeah. <laughs> given out, I don't know how many hundreds of masks, yeah. your infatuation Amazon with super, superheroes. Yeah. Uh, where, where did this come from? I think, I think subconsciously, um, you know, we're relatively about the same age in that same area. So when you grow up, you have like He-Man, G.I. Joe. I was a, I'm a huge professional wrestling guy. So the guys that we grew up with all had that that comic book of lore. They were the heroes. Therefore, regardless of what anybody wants to tell you or not, anybody that's longevity in this business is you do take that on a little bit. At least you can, at least in my head. I, I say it all the time. I was like, I'm the first one to admit, like that hero complex is part of this job. That's what, that, that time, that is what drives me. Sure. The fact that I can go to work and I can save a life, the God that I can go to work and I can protect somebody. That is, you are a living comic book hero. The Batman persona was really weird because growing up, um, I was more of a Superman guy, which you are, the realistic version of Superman. But, I was more of a Superman guy. I think as the time went on, I became the more Batman type character. The radio voice is what really got it. You know, it was more so, is the, way, the way I'm speaking now is that radio voice that I have on the radio. I don't get excited. I'm very monotone. You can't tell if I'm in a fight or if I'm just, you know, totally fine on clearing an alarm. Right. And that's where it came about. And then the Batman mask, obviously, that was caught one day. And then it just kind of steamrolled from there. And then the more I looked into that person, it's like, you know, what's your suit power? And at the time, I was dirt poor. But now it's like, okay, so what's your suit power? I'm rich. <laughs> that's, the only, that's it. A lot of overtime. Yeah, exactly. A lot of overtime. Yeah. Bro, I just, uh, yeah, this, the schedule that I just pulled a few weeks ago was absolutely insane. And yet someone still, still had two hours more than I did. Really? Yeah, and um, I spoke to him a few days ago about that. Big ups to uh, Larry. That's his first name. I don't want to use his last name. But the thing about Larry is, man, he does that, like, year-round. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, I don't understand how you do that year-round. I mean, I did it for a two-week clip, and then I'll go back down on my 100 hours or so. But We do it for the average of the three highest years, 53%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to start up 23, which is a good note. Yeah, that's, that's why we do it. <laughs> well, like I said, it's, uh, it's an amazing story how – 
the shift, the transfer happened from that to what you are now. It's, it's definitely a remarkable story. Um, so physical fitness has apparently only been your passion. You said you worked in a gym before coming down here. Now, how long did you do that for? Ooh, I'd say probably about a good five to six years. Five, six years? Yeah. Um, there's a place called Evolution Fitness. That's where I started training up there. At first, it was Tower, and I believe it's called something else now. Um, worked with a great owner who never considered it a boss, you know, supporting relationship. It was always that like we were on the same level. Sure. He, uh, he was a great man. His name is Stefan, and um, just just a cool dude he taught me a lot about what it was like to just like run stuff and just be be always there for people right so, were you were you training people yeah. then okay i was also a trainer um it was really weird um when i came down here i had no because that was like the past i had no reason to do that again when i came down here my certifications with issa were still valid and whatnot but i just I wanted to leave that in the past. And you obviously know law enforcement at the time. All you, in BCS, all you care about is passing. In the academy, that's all you care about is that test on a Friday. Trying to get those tests. Yeah, that's it. You know, and then once you're in the job and you're trying to learn all this, there was no other time for that. I mean, I even, I even picked up a part-time gig coaching wrestling at Cardo Dude my first semester, my first year here. Really? And that I learned that that wasn't going to be feasible within the first two months. Right. Well, one thing I've always admired, and we've kind of had the same um, goals and stuff, is your always wanted to work uh, <laughs> going out there being a proactive cop and you know in the short time we've been in it well I was going to bring this up later we'll go ahead and talk about it now but the work ethic I have seen over the years has decreased in um, law enforcement I think a lot of that may have been from 2020 with the riots I know some people personally who got out of law enforcement and said this is not a job for me this is not what I signed up for um but my take on it is no matter how bad things get, law enforcement is the light in the dark. We are the only fine line between what's right and what's wrong in this country. Um, what's, what's your take? Are you seeing the same thing, the work ethic, the productivity, proactivity? Have you seen it decrease, increase, or people are just not wanting to, they just want to collect a paycheck? I think... If we look back to where we started as opposed to now, the number's obviously lower. Sure. We don't have as many people working in the short staff and professional short staff across, across the country. Of course, across the country. It's not just our departments you know, whatsoever. We are hiring, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think if you were to look back, like if we took an honest look at things, we would take our squad, or you would take your squad, I'd take my squad. You'd have the one workhorse, the guy who's making all the arrests, You'd have the call takers, you'd have the lazy fucks, and then you would have the people that were somewhere in the middle, they would have to make an arrest here and there. I think even nowadays, if you look at the way squads are broken down, I can give you my squads, the squads that are in my regions, and I can pick the person who's the workhorse, I can pick the person who's a call taker, I can pick the person who is quote unquote burnt out after spending two years on his job, which is a side note I'm sure we'll touch on later. But um, I don't think, I think in this business, you're either cut out for it or you're not. That's true. And I think once once the riots happen and being like we had just talked about earlier, I just I was just a week removed from tearing my hamstring. Right. You know, and coming back to that, I was like, oh, I guess we're going to test to see if this hamstring's actually. And you were still working during the riots. Correct. Oh, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was legitimately like you were like we were in that midst of it. That, that big day, we were actually on night shift. And, you know, I just brought this up a few days ago, speaking to Robert about it. Um, I took that extremely personal because... The Vista, I'd had that for 
nine, 10 years at the time. That was my home, you know, and where it happened was downtown and that was my home. It's very reminiscent of that Batman scene when he's in jail, yeah. you know, and he's like, they're burning down my city, you know? Um, yeah, being there and being in the midst of that, I'd never seen anything like it. And I hopefully I never see anything like that again. Even when we had the uh, the flag over at the Capitol, it wasn't to that severity for that long. Right, right, that was right, a right. all day thing. I think, I think it, fortunately, it separated those who shouldn't have been in the business and it made them leave the business. Good point. In a good way. Good point. Because if, if they're not going to step up when the shit's hitting the fan there, they're not going to step up when it's not even close to that, sure. in my opinion. You sure. know, um, if you look at the people that, that we did lose, I we still go on. And we say it all the time, no matter how great you may be, no matter how great that may be, the business still goes on. That's right. If you take a vacation, the business ain't stopping because you're taking a vacation. If I'm taking a vacation, the business ain't stopping. Right. Those people leave, guess what? Work still got to be done. That's I right. I tell the guys all the time. That's right. As soon as you go to work, guess what, guys? You're here. 12 and a half hours. You're, you're here, bro. That's it. You're lot, hopefully, it's only 12 and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. You are here. Make the most of it. And in my opinion, it is we talk about the laziness aspect that people don't want to do that. If you're here for 12 and a half hours, don't you want to make those 12 and a half hours go by quicker? How do you make that go quicker? Being proactive. Be proactive. And, you know, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think technology has hindered a lot of people. Um, they want to stay on their phones all the time, and they've lost the, the art of communicating with people and talking with people. Yeah. I've been on scenes where, like, did you ask a question? Yeah. Uh, was it, did you get a phone number? Mm-hmm. You've been doing this five yeah. years. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, it's definitely changed. I know before, I mean, even 10 years, we've we've now gone to body cameras. Um, I was against it at first, but they have solved so many issues for departments. Um, people will go in and lie on law enforcement all the time, and they're yeah. like, are you sure you want to stick with that? Because <laughs> yeah. we've got it on yeah. camera, and they yeah. go back and play like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's definitely been a change. Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. So... The main reason I know you're physically fit, you're a big advocate of physical fitness, and I pulled some stats. So we're entering uh, 2023. People are all about New Year's resolutions. Uh, so I pulled this up last night. Uh, 43% of people who start their resolutions quit by February. Um, 9% of people will complete their New Year's goals by the end of 23. Why do you think that is? Well, first off, how many months are in a year? Twelve. All right. So if, if 57% of people are quitting by February, what's to stop them from restarting it in February or March? Well, people have January 1st stuck in their which mind, like it's, which I never have been an advocate of and that. that. Correct. And that goes right to the New Year goal, because if your New Year goal has to start on January 1st and your end date supposedly is December 31st of that year, what is... My thing is, what happens then? You know, what is your end goal? Because if you, like, is that, literally, is that the only thing that you're striving for? Because you should be striving for that every single day. That's right. You know, and it goes back to the whole thing. is like those guys who, you know, they want to get into fitness. They want to lose weight. And they said it's back in October. You literally had October, November, December. There's only three holidays. If you're counting Halloween as a holiday. That's right. You know, there's only three holidays. That's three out of 90 days. You could even take it off those days ate like a glutton, but you still would have surpassed that with 87 days of good. 
yeah. three days of bad. It's it's about consistency. It's about having way more good days than having bad days. Everybody's gonna have a bad day. That's right. You know, and I think I think when people look at it, they get so caught up in I failed, as opposed to saying, How much progress did I make? I had a bad day. Let me reset myself and get right back on track. You know, yeah. and one of my biggest failures was when I was even when I was competing and whatnot, was I would do the six on and one off. I realized after that that wasn't working for me because it was like two sets board and two sets back. What I decided what I was doing was never skipping a day. I haven't skipped a day of some kind of physical activity literally since April 3rd of 2016. And I use that as I just know that date in my head because it's the last time I wasn't in a gym or I wasn't doing a 45-minute walk in the morning or I wasn't doing a two-a-day. Even when I tore my hamstring, we talked about this earlier, I was still doing a 45-minute walk every morning. Were you doing um, 75 strong? Or 75 hard? Or 75 hard? Yeah, so so 75 hard was definitely, I mean, Andy Frisella, huge impact on my life. I mean, I could go on and on about that, man, and what First Form has done for me, but... 75 hard came out. I want to say it was March of 2019 is when it came out. And I remember literally being in a car. I still remember this. I was on patrol. I was going to the Dollar General at Taylor Street, which came out as a till tapping. And I was listening to the podcast. And I generally don't listen to the music, podcast, or anything. But for some reason, I was listening to his podcast. I haven't missed one since the inception. And I was like, holy shit. <clears throat> I was like, this is what I need. And the parts, like the no drinking, I don't drink at all. Right. The drink gallon of water, easy. The hardest part was me was going to be that second workout as yes. well as, because that second workout has to be 45 split. minutes. 45 minutes. Inside or outside, it can't be consecutive. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, you can't have a consecutive workout. So you're doing, you know, your 45 minutes of cardio in the morning, you're working a 12 and a half, 13 hour shift. You got to go back and do something at night too. That's for right. 45 minutes. So that was the hardest part. But, uh, the 10 pages of reading was hard for me too because I hadn't picked up a book in so long, probably since the academy. So, you know, that was that was one of those processes where I was like, yeah, this is something that's going to radically change my life. And that, that started something in me, not the physical aspect per se, because I was already doing a majority of it, but it was more so the mental aspect. Right. And being like, hey, dude, you are a bad motherfucker. That shit you just went through with your divorce, that shit you just went through, all that scrutiny you got at work and all that bullshit, all that shit you had to eat, that put me back on track to be like, no, dude, this is who you got to be who you are. You right. know, and I surrounded myself with people who were of that like mindset. They were like, dude, you got to get back to the way you are. You got to be back to that 2015 Joe. You got to be back to that 2016 Joe, whatever the case may be, except better. And that 75 hard is what actually made me go on that path. And dude, I haven't looked back like since. It's only gotten progressively better yeah. or worse, depending on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll go ahead and ask you this too. So you were manager of a gym. You came here. When when did you do? Was that your first competition? Bodybuilding competition? Yeah. So when was I had, that? So I had trained when I was up in New York. I had trained from one, but me and another guy from the gym who actually his name was Mike, but he had passed away from cancer during this actual competing he had unfortunately kept on battling and battling it they canceled the show because it was like low contestants so i trained for one before i'd always had fitness in me because i managed a gym and whatnot when i competed it was 2016 that's something that was always on my bucket list i always wanted to be a pro bodybuilder you know and uh you know lee priest is the guy who got me into training i was able to meet him twice great dude love that guy to death and um probably where i got a lot of my transparency and open with stuff but uh <clears throat> 2016, 
first competition was at the end of March. Um, that was the Border Clash, originally called the Kevin Gore Classic, I believe. And then the last show of the season, I also did the Hender Shot. Um, placed in both of them. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I was the greatest thing ever because I wasn't. I, I wasn't the greatest. I wasn't the worst. But I competed in the first show of the year. I competed at the end of the year. You know, and um, how long did it take you to? I mean, what was the what was it like as far as? I was. It's something I don't ever want to do again. Really, it's it's really weird because that goes along with that six days and one. I would rather, you know, sit at ten percent for the year and always be in shape than have to go to a eight month off season where I'm thirty pounds above what I am. Two hundred and ten pounds, whether you're muscular or not, on a five foot five, five foot six frame is not good. Right, throwing to twenty, thirty pounds a year. You're stepping out there, and it's a lot. It's a lot. Of, I'm, I'm 43 years old. It's a lot of my back. No matter how many chiropractors I see, no matter how many, you know, no matter how in shape you are, it's still a lot because your body can only take so much. It's so much weight. So um, a lot of protein, a lot of meat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I love food. Don't <laughs> really get me wrong. Too many yeah. <laughs> I love food. Don't get me wrong. But um, it was one of those things. I mean, you talk about. I think I started competing from the March one in January. That's when I um, started the. Uh, a 12 week to diet down and whatnot and it's a totally different animal you know and I, I it, it changes you as a person anybody who says it doesn't i think is full of shit um it wasn't conducive to my life it wasn't conducive to work it wasn't conducive to the that was i literally had gotten married a week after that i was like literally had a show on that that saturday and then i got married the week after and i said that's not conducive to a marriage sure you know um and like it's it's one of those things where even competing at the end of the year, which was a lot more laid back, as far as like the timing and whatnot, it was just one of those things. Like, I if this was me at 23, when that's all I wanted to do and I had the lifestyle for it, would have been a totally different story. And I commend anybody who does both. But as far as this aspect, no. that balance and I. Yeah, I'd go between both. And like I said, I'd rather be 180 pounds lean and shape sure. all year round than be able to eat what I want as right. opposed to being like, oh, you can't have this for 12 weeks. Like, no, I'm good. I appreciate that. All right. Um, let's go ahead and go back into these stats here. Obesity stats worldwide. This is from the WHO, the World Health Organization. More than 1 billion people worldwide are obese, 650 million adults, 340 million adolescents, and 39 million children. It's a lot of fat people. That's, that's one hell of a stat. So let me go ahead and put this out here. You are considered obese if your BMI, your body mass index, is higher than 30. That is, you are put in that category if your, your body mass index is higher than 30. Um, what do you think is causing a lot of this? So my question for that is, are we going by the BMI? Are we still doing height and weight? That is the stat that was I had pulled. That was from there, but I don't know what they're considering on that. But okay. if you're... Because I'm mean, like you said, it could be different. Yeah, you're I mean, I'm, dude, I'm five one eighty. Key role in it, but my, yeah, it's, yeah. it's up there. So then, yeah, that is what they are considering. I don't know height and weight wise. It yeah. could be different, but they were also pulling different demographics of mm -hmm. what demographics are have a higher BMI and more obese than other people. So it, it could play a key role, but that is what I got out of it. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things I'd be interested to see if it comes to the height weight because I remember the BMI was a. 
one of those sticking points because if I'm 5'5", I'm supposed to be 157 pounds. But then I'll be considered obese. I'll let you talk for a minute. I'll, yeah, I'll see if I can yeah. find this real quick. We'll yeah. find it. Go ahead. And that's one of the things, though, too. I mean, obviously, when it comes to the World Health Organization, I mean, when it comes to facts and figures and stuff, now we can always work those out to be in favor no matter what it is. But, um, I mean, regardless when it comes down, it goes back to the conversation we had before about physical fitness with children. I mean, you have 340 million adolescents, 39 million children that are considered obese. That's sickening. Like, because it's extremely hard if that's what you're taught your whole life. That's unfortunately what you're going to wind up going through in your adult years as well. Right. And you don't want that. I'm sorry to say, but I've never met an overweight person who has never, ever told me that they were happy where they were. They've always wanted to look better. They've always wanted to feel better. They didn't want to be sick. They didn't want to eat the same bullshit every single day. And it always goes back to the same thing. You have your own choices to make on a daily basis. It doesn't matter if you have kids. It doesn't matter if you're married. You make those choices every day to buy that stuff. That's right. And, you know, it, 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 affect, it impacts most of your body systems. I mean, it's, um, you know, diabetes, uh, it, the list goes on and on. It's just a, a whole list of things that um, it affects. It, it's it's really bad. Um, go ahead. I'm gonna let you uh, talk for a second. <laughs> I'm still trying to find I, my my uh, BMI here. Is uh, I'm trying to find it, but uh, let's see what we got here. Um, let's go ahead and talk about this for a minute. Uh, you've always been the kind of person that I have seen who's Jocko Willink's big on extreme ownership. You've always taken ownership of ups and downs in your life. Um, talk about that for a minute. Taking responsibility. What is your motto on that? What is your uh, when you realize you have a problem? That could be a number of things. I'm out of shape. I do have a problem with my physical health. I haven't seen my dick or feet since 2019 <laughs> due to my large belly. Yeah. I do agree. I mean, I will do something about it. What's, what's your take on it? So I have used that as an insult to someone before. I can't lie. They're like, it was the last time you saw your dick. You know, like things of that nature. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, I'm a huge advocate of Jocko Willing. Thankfully, I've been able to speak to uh, J.P. Donnell, who's another great guy. He's an echelon front as well. Um, if, I don't understand what's so hard about taking ownership of everything in your life. I don't understand about whether it's the good and the bad. People... People may judge you at first when you do bad things, but if you're open and honest about it in the long term, they can be like, wow, at least Joe is honest. And I can, you know, I can be first and foremost to this shit that went down with me years ago. I'm the only person that came out of that and was totally honest about everything I ever did, you know, and there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that weren't. And at the end of the day, five years later, I'm still the one that's standing tall and that like, Joe's the most honest and transparent motherfucker that there is. You come to me and you ask me a question, I'm going to tell you the fucking truth, whether it makes me look good or bad. You know, and I think that actually segues into leadership, too, when it comes to, I mean, you're in a supervisor role, I'm in a supervisor role. You, your main job is to be there for your guys. Your main job as a supervisor is to be like, this is the way. You know, lead, lead from the front has become one of the most over-exaggerated fucking sayings I've heard from my life. Leading from the front is not just the same. Leading from the front is showing you guys, hey, this is I'm taking ownership because I fucked up as a person. I'm taking ownership because you guys did this, but I should have been the one that saw that. It's also on me. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing, I don't want to say cooler, but when a few of you guys on the squad get a write-up and you get a write-up too because you're taking ownership because you're the, you know, you're the supervisor. Right. 
that's one of those things. Those guys are like, wow, like, yeah, motherfucker, I would have taken that whole fucking thing myself. I could have. Sure. You know, and when it comes to fitness, like we just talked about, like you have a choice every single day to wake up. You should be grateful for the chance to wake up. We all have the same 24 hours. Every, nobody has, doesn't matter how wealthy you are, you can't buy time. And there's people with one legs, or prosthetic legs, who have complete. <laughs> Derek, Derek Weedy just won a CrossFit championships with one fucking leg. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you uh, know, like, what do you want me to say? What's I mean, your excuse? What's your excuse? You know, like, I mean, you get up in the morning, uh, you know, I talked about before, like, we talk about uh, cell phones and the job. How much Netflix can you fucking watch? How many shows can you binge? And the reason I'm bringing it up is let's let's take this away from our guys. Let's go to you go home at night and you're sitting there on the couch and you just wasted three fucking hours sitting in front of a TV when you could have been working out for at least one of those hours. That's right. You could have been showing your kids. You could have been a role model and been like, hey, mom or dad, we're going to go out, you know, we're going to go to the gym or you don't have child care. Some of the gyms have child care or you have something at home or you can go for a 45 minute walk. Your kids love walking. Yeah. Right. Put them in their little carts, little strollers, little four wheel battery operated things, whatever they guys have. The fact of the matter is like, you don't, you don't want to do that at night, wake up 45 minutes earlier. Right. It's like the people who bitch and moan about traffic in the morning. You have been going that same way for years. That's you do realize you can miss it by simply waking up 15 minutes earlier. That's right. That's right. And you don't have to, and guess what? Then you get to work earlier. Your boss is like, oh, so-and-so is showing some, you know, some initiative, that, stuff like that. And they, that's what they notice. And then that also trickles down to other things you're doing in life. If you're waking up early, like, I can probably go to bed early and I can wake up and I can get that workout in. Right. I can emulate what I want to be. Sure. You know, sure. and I, I think, unfortunately, I think this goes, I'm sure we'll touch on that too, is the social media aspect. I've been very outspoken about that. You got a lot of people out there to give you a fucking highlight reel about what's going on. And then other people see that and like, oh, I want that life. You want what you're, what they're showing you. They're showing you 5%. The other 95% of life is a shit show. That's right. You know, so it's right. like, be careful who you're emulating. Be careful who you want to be like. You know, everybody wants to be like this celebrity or that celebrity. But like, do you think that person doesn't have problems? Yeah. You know, and there's sometimes even more magnified just because of the tabloids, just because of things of that nature. Look at when they make it. Look at when a mistake happens. Right. And that gets exemplified. Look at what happens with us when a mistake happens. Sure. Sure. And so we're, we're living in this generation now, this victimhood mentality, though. And it's, you know, everybody's got to be inclusive. We can't like, you know. That's an offensive word. Um, Tiptoeing around people's feelings, but people need to be sometimes need to be checked yeah. and say, "Well, you know, I've noticed you gained some weight, yeah. or you know, I noticed you're slacking in this area." Yeah. I mean, uh, recently, I'll go ahead and put this out there. The reason I started a podcast, I've been listening to Ryan Minkler, Word of Man, for eight years. He's inspired my life tremendously well he just came out three months ago saying he's had an alcohol problem hit it for years his wife knew about it kids but he's like i feel like a failure and a flop because i'm talking about you know everybody should do better be a better man and yet i've been a closet drinker and pretty much been condemning people for drinking and yet i've been drinking out here for the last seven or eight years and he's like i've been on my podcast drunk and I feel like a failure, but again, he goes, it comes back to ownership, extreme ownership. So when you mess up, I'm the kind of person, claim it. Yeah. Quit pushing the buck, quit passing the buck somewhere else. When you when you go to bed at night, that's what I was asking people too. When you go to bed at night, do you have a clear conscience? Right. 
you know, if you go to bed with a clear conscience at night, either you're a psychopath and you don't give a fuck or you are telling the truth and you're like, there's nothing like this conversation that we're having right now. There's no hesitation. There's no like there's no like, oh, wait, let me let me think about this before I say it. It's just this is the way we are. Right. This is the way we're speaking. One of the best quotes I heard, too, a clear conscience is a soft pillow. Yeah. <laughs> there's exactly. no other word. But I've got three of them. <laughs> you know, yeah, my pillow. Yeah. Shout out to that. Yeah. Man. Um, so we're having a connection issue down here where we're recording. I could not find it, but if I find it, I will put it out there for the BMI. But um, yeah, extreme ownership, it's its a its a problem we're seeing now where everybody wants, like I said, to pass the buck, blame somebody else. If you, you are the problem, you see the problem, fix it. Yeah. Claim it. My, my thing is this, to anybody who's listening out there who... You know, what I do isn't necessarily going to work for you. What Nick does isn't going to work for Nick. What anybody else does. Like, you have to find your balance. Like, my eating plan the way it used to be is no longer the way it was. Like, I spoke about that. Or my training right now, I don't do a body part every single day in the gym. My body, you know, I make sure cardio is done every single morning. Depending on the work week that I have, it's a, you know, it's a push-pull legs. Or it's like, this week was... Yesterday was back and buys. The day before that was chest and tries. Today will be legs and shoulders. The next three days I won't lift at all. I'll just do cardio in the morning because right. of work. So it knows you have to find out what works for you. Nobody's saying you have to go out there. And I always say that to my guys too. Like the first step is being like, hey, I have to do something about it. But guess what? Words don't mean shit unless you got action behind it. That's right. You have to get up in the morning. You have to go to. The, you just have to go to a gym. You can do it at home if you feel more comfortable there. And that's what I never understood is like. You know, people knock Planet Fitness. Okay, fine. They don't have they don't have free weights. They don't have the heaviest dumbbells in the world. But you know what? It's a start. That's right. It's twenty bucks a month, or that's like I think that's for the one membership, whatever the case may be. You go to Planet Fitness if you feel comfortable there, and if that's something that gets you started, and then you can move on to a Gold's Gym or something along those lines. You still got to get in. You still got to do the work. Well, also in the world of technology right now, we have no excuse. Everything no. is at our fingertips. That's true. You too. can find anything yeah. on the internet. You yeah. can get on YouTube. You can Google pretty much anything you want to find on there. There is workouts for for uh, people who are crippled. I mean, you may have a disability, but you can still do something. What, and even in that regard, though, too, it's like you also, this goes beyond the actual aspect of like, yes, if you have a plan. Now, if I come to you with my plan and then you sit there and be like, Joe, you're good the way you are. Or if I tell you my plan and you laugh at it, depending on who I am as a person, I'm like, well, Nick laughed at me and he said I was good as him, so I'm cool. Your, your circle that you're surrounding yourself and the people that you're sharing your goals with, that is indicative of it too. I mean, if you got people that don't have that same kind of mindset where you're like, yeah, I want to get in this shape or yeah, I want to do this with my life. If they're not supportive of that, that's something that you've got to change as well. That's right. You've got to change that circle because right. those people aren't going to be supportive of this. You know, I was talking to my buddy Aaron about this yesterday. There's that quote. People want to see you do well, but they don't want to see you better than them. That's right. You know, and it's, it's one of those aspects too. It's like if you're if you're surrounding yourself with people who aren't motivating you, aren't positive, who are letting you be the status quo, who are letting you be complacent, or letting you be in the same place that you were last year, year before, year before, you need more people, man. Right. But you have to distance yourself from them. They can still be at arm's reach. You know, I, I, we, you and I have talked about this, and I talk about it very openly. I've cut a lot of people out of my life over the last few years. A lot of that was for reasons of like finding out things or just realizing those people were drama or toxic, whatever the case may be, and I hate that word, but just cancerous in general, the best thing that ever happened to me. Sure. I'd rather have that small circle as opposed to that large circle. Of That's people. right. You know, you may know of me, but you don't know me. 
and that's the best way to live life. And one of the things we say here is no is still an answer, and that was yes. always hard for me to say till a few years ago. And it's, it's a two letter two letter word. Yes. And don't don't give a reason. No, I'm well, not. I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You don't, don't give it. Don't don't. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to explain it. There's yeah. no explanation on that. And we can. I, I can. I can use that as someone who can testify to what Nick had just said because I'd seen that personally when when him and I were together in the same place. He was in one place and I was in the other, and we were, I would, I would say, humbly the best in our respective positions in those regions. But it was always a competition, like a friendly competition. Like, oh, what did, what did, how many roughs did Huff get? You know, I remember I was still seeing Huff the first time I was in court. He had a sword. It was a fucking samurai sword that he had gotten from this call. And I'm like, this is my first day in court. And I'm like, holy fuck, what is this? This is insane. And I was like, that's cool as shit, though. You know, I'm like, I remember, like, I was like, whoa, this is cool as hell, man. A guy looked the part, he fucking acted the part, he testified the part, and he's making charges, you know? And as time went on, I remember that being the word no, because that was so hard for me to say, Yeah, you know? And it was like, you know, people are fucking up. Don't worry, Joe will take care of it. People are fucking up. Don't worry, Nick will take care of it. And you realize after a while, there's only so much that you can take. That's right. It's a compliment, but then it also works against you in the long term too. Well, if they know you're a workhorse, they will yes. keep on using you to their advantage yes. to produce the, what they want. But, what, but in that same regard, the best thing what I found how to combat that is you take guys who you see yourself in or parts of yourself in, you make them into those as well. So that it's no longer like, okay, I have Nick, but then I also have Nick A, B, and C on his squad. That's right. That he knows that I can decipher that information to in those jobs. I've always told my guys from week one, I, you never have to say a word. Your work will speak for itself. Yeah, absolutely. You, and when promotions come around, they are going to take a look at that. They're going to take a look at, at how you carry yourself, what you produce. You don't have to say a word. Um, so, yeah, I, I again, I... I Appreciate the comments. It's the yeah, absolute truth. It's, it's um, one of those things. You still have my handcuffs? <laughs> yeah, most likely, yeah. <laughs> I've got like four pairs, so yeah, most likely, yeah. <laughs> Shit stuff. Um, so let me ask you this. There may be somebody listening and they'll be like, hey, you know, I realize that I am out of shape. I'm not physically fit. What? Where do they start? What, what do you suggest? Doing something that you didn't do the day before that got you where you were. If you wake up tomorrow morning, and you're like, tomorrow, tomorrow, January 18th. Tomorrow, January 18th, I'm going to start this. I know it's a Wednesday. You don't have to start things on a Monday. That's, I don't know where that came from either. And you start on Wednesday morning, you're like, I need to do something. You get up in the morning, go for a 30-minute walk. If that's the first time you've done a 30-minute walk in forever, guess what? You're going to be sore on Thursday, but you still got to get up and give yourself another 30-minute walk. Instead of going to McDonald's for that or whatever they serve in the morning at Egg McMuffin, Instead of going for that, maybe just make some eggs at home. You know, little changes. You don't have, I think what happens is people get, they go from one extreme to the other. And to become black and white, to become that 100% or nothing, you've got to build up to that. You can't just do that because you're going to fail. It's not going to happen. Like, and the, the crappy part about that is too, what happens when it comes to the health and fitness aspect is you live for quote unquote your cheat meals or you live quote unquote for your cheat days. But unfortunately what I've seen happen to every single person I've ever known is the cheat meal becomes a cheat day. The cheat day becomes two cheat days. Next thing you know, you're totally off your track and then you don't even care anymore. Sure. And everything is thrown to the wind. Right. So my suggestion would be if you start and if you fuck up that first day, guess what? Get back on a wagon, go to second day, keep on doing it. Keep sure. on doing it. So you're not fucking up. 
Sure. You know, and then every day builds on the last. It's consistency. It's just like anything else in life. We talk about that. It's work ethic. It's what you say, what you do on a daily basis. I tell my guys all the time, I don't give a shit what you did for three months. I give a shit what you did for three years. That's right. And then after three years, I give I give a shit about what you did for five. Because if you last that long, whether, right. whether it's in anything, you're going to be successful as That's long right. as you're doing the good things yeah. consistently. Good point. You can have bad days, but you got to be consistent with the good days. Yeah. And, you know, I'll be the first to say... I, I didn't start going to the gym till 2018, and um, eating healthy sucks. Yeah, I'll be the first to say I'm, I'm not going to give up. My, I'm not going to give up my sweets all the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm I still. Sweets, I'm man. all about you know moderation. Yeah, but it's also not eating the whole box of oatmeal cakes. Maybe limit do that to one to two a week. Yes. Maybe that's your yes. that's your treat for the week for accomplishing a five goal five day workout. Yeah. Um, that's, it's, it's hard though and I think that's but when you look at somebody who is extremely out of shape or is obese that's what got them there in the first place that's right so it's extremely hard to change that trigger anymore because if I was to sit here and give somebody who is trying to get in the shape if I was to give them a dozen donuts they're so used to eating eight of those donuts to say I can only you can only have two it's extremely hard for them so in that mindset it's also a mental thing it's also that chemical dopamine that's in their head that's sure. giving them the satisfaction because right now they're not looking at it as the satisfaction of working out working out is painful sure you know, there are only a few you know crazy dudes who like to work out you and I are maybe one or two of them but it's like we're doing that because we like what it does to our body what it puts our body through etc there's someone who's just starting out that pain is not it's not fun you know, it's, new. it's yeah. new and it's not good. That's right. You know, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's all about the sweets aspect. I tell people all the time, like like this morning, I posted a picture of a hot dog that I picked up at Walmart, right? <laughs> posted a picture of a hot dog. Guess what, guys? I hate to blow it to you. Just like everything else I post in the world, I took a bite and I threw the rest out. Best dollar fifty I have spent in a while. But I was just craving a hot dog. I just wanted that little piece of a hot dog and that's it. Threw the rest out. Well, I mean, people don't realize, though, it's not, yes, consistency is good to have, but you're going to have good and bad days. Yeah. I mean, I, there's days I eat like crap. Yeah. I mean, so it's it's not. But even look at but even look at that aspect, too. If you can take away from that day, if you can take away that you did 70% good and 30% bad, that's right. that'll still get you in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know, even in our profession, and I, I'll be the first to say, it's very hard to find places to eat after nine and 10 o'clock at yeah. night. And, and um, meal prepping is hard. You have to do that consistently yeah. if you're going to do that and eat healthy. But like I said, there's always options. Um, you can go to Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> Get the all-star with eggs and yeah, tur- sausage. Cut out the waffles. You just got to watch out for the swinging chairs. I mean, apparently. Like, you wouldn't even <laughs> see me at Waffle House unless there's a call there. But you talk about that. That's what builds it up, though. Like, and I can tell you right now, I mean, meal prepping for me is, it's as... It's probably a way of life. It's a way of life. Yes. There's nothing else I know. I mean, and you like, save so much money in the end if you actually add it up. It's, it's, I mean, even if you go to clean eat route, which I was a huge fan of clean for a while, but then I went back, I went from chicken and rice making it myself to clean for about a good two years. Now I'm back to chicken and rice myself. And it's one of those things where it's become so regimented for me, just like every single day, waking up in the morning, cardio has to be done. That's right. There's no... There's no negotiation when I wake up in the morning. It's, Joe, you got to fucking do this. Right. That's it. That's, that's that's my foundation for today. Well, if eggs go up, I'm really considering getting some chicken. Yeah, I mean, that's, you might just, I mean, you do, you got, you got the animals. Went, you know? through, went through 18 eggs in three days, meal prepping, so it keeps up. We're going to have to get some chickens. I'll take a new mortgage out of your house. That's right. That's right. Um, so... 
how do they change their current lifestyle? I mean, from, like I said, from fat to fit is what I got out of it. You got it. It's baby steps, man. It's always baby steps. Um, obviously, like we spoke about earlier, First Form is my company, the company that I get all my stuff from. They've got apps. Like you talked about technology. Technology is all over the place. You can find anything. Just be mindful where you're getting your stuff from. Sure. If you're, if you're a guy and you're looking at someone whose physique is what you want, be realistic. If this guy is just shilling stuff to make money and there's no personalization behind it or he's giving you the same cookie cutter diet and the same cookie cutter workout he's giving everybody else, you probably want to go to somebody who's going to be, sometimes it may be a hands-on personal trainer. We're right next to a gym right now. That's right. They, that personal trainer may know your body, may know your body type and be like, hey, let's try this. And if it isn't working after two months, it's either going to be on that person or you might have to change something. Right. You know, but it's it's baby steps for everything. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't hear what routine do you recommend? I know a lot of people are like, well, I want to run a 5K. Well, where I do my running at, it's a park and there's a light pole. I tell people starting off, well, how about you walk two light poles and do a jog from the next light pole to the next? You get a mile, you get another extra block. Um, you know, that's just one thing I had. But what, what do you recommend as far as routine, as far as starting off basic working out? I, I'm a big advocate is the fact that you got to do something that you're going to be able to stick to. You can't set these <clears throat> extravagant goals and know that they're out of reach just because you have a reason that after be like, if it doesn't work out, you have an excuse. You know, and that's what it is. It's like you're setting yourself up. It's like, okay, if you want to run a 5K, you got to run a 1K first, then you got to run a 2K, then you got, and you got to do it on your own time, obviously, sure. because there are sure. those kind of races. Sure. But you got to work up that. Light pole analogy is perfect. You know, it's the same thing as like, okay, well, if you haven't done anything, let's start with Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the first month. That's right. Then Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for the second month. Right. By the third month, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Then next thing you know, by the, hopefully by the time you get to that third month, you're going to be addicted to it. Sure. It's going to be a new way of life. And you're like, now you're going to feel guilty for not going to the gym. Now you're going to feel guilty for not eating healthy. And your body is going to tell you that. Your mind is going to tell you that. Your emotions are going to tell you that. Because when you're, you're not working out now, now you feel off track as opposed to the way it used to That's be. Right. When you weren't working out, you were totally fine. Your emotions came from food. Yeah. So. Yeah. I will say when I started in 18, I mean, it became an addictive lifestyle. Because if you miss a day, you feel like you cheated yourself. Yeah. You know? But what I, what I ran into, too, is that's why I don't stop training is because what I would do is if I didn't train that morning, that's why I say it's the foundation for me. If I didn't train that, the whole day was shot. My diet was absolutely trash. I mean, if I don't, if I don't go to the gym tomorrow morning, I am going to literally my thought process was. Then I'll be the one to go to McDonald's and I'll get the donuts after and then I'll get this. And it, it sabotages my whole day. Sure. And by 11 o'clock in the morning, all you want to do is take a sleep or get up to shit your brains out. Yeah, that's right. So it's that's right. It's it's one of those things. You got to set your mindset up to be like, what is what is real? What I can do, what I can do at this time and period. And then how can I build on that from there? And it all boils down to what your goal is. Some people may just do it to get fit. Some may want to yeah. bodybuild. But there's been studies done. Even people 50 and 60 years old who have worked out are <laughs> 10 times more likely to live a productive life yes. and not get sick when they get older. Yeah. Even it's just for the physical health benefits of it. Of just, yeah. not, I mean, it's, it's all what you want to accomplish. Yeah. And that's the thing, though, too, is those side benefits like you spoke about. Right. You know, like, do you, do you want to look, do you want to be 60 and look 40? Or do you want to be 60 and look 80? Sure. And your body's going to show that, and too. it's too late to do anything about yeah, it. Then you're pretty much done. Looking yeah. like Quasimodo. Yeah. <laughs> over back from all those. Just ringing that bell, man. Didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, 
that's pretty much all I had for the working out part. Anything else you want to talk about as far as physical fitness? Uh, anything you want to add to what we discussed? The, the main thing that I want to hammer home is that, again, if you're overweight, if you're obese, or if you're looking to get in shape, just realize that all that didn't happen overnight. The change is not going to happen overnight. It's got to be done consistently. The right choices with your food, the right choices with your workouts. Just be consistent. Surround yourself with people who believe in your vision. Surround yourself with people who are going to be there for you and uplifting so that when you do fall off track, you're going to be like, hey, bro, or hey, sis, you know, we got to get you back in the gym. Another thing I say, too, when about eating healthy, if it's not in your house, you can't eat it. Absolutely correct. So throw it out. Yeah. So if it's correct. not in the cabinet when you open it up or in the cupboard, whatever you call it, it's not there. You can't eat it. So, you know, start cleaning house. And yeah. That's another. It's easy to grab food when you're in the moment watching TV or something. But if it's not in your house, you can't eat it. Absolutely. And you're not, you're not going to. Most likely, you're not going to leave to go to the store to pick up what you yeah. that's not. Well, now we got an Uber. Uber yes, yeah. if you want, if you want to pay sixty dollars for a fucking hamburger, go right at. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, I think we've already talked about police a little bit and all that um, leadership. What is your definition of a true leader? I think you've shown that over the years, probably with your guys and everything else. But what I want to hear what your definition is of leadership. What, what do you think? I don't know if I'd be able to wrap it up. Um, Thankfully, I've surrounded myself and I've always had people that looked out for me. I've had a lot of great leaders. Um, I've had some pretty shitty ones too. Uh, you and I came up in that system where, sure. you know, I actually brought us up in one of our meetings, it was two weeks ago. The main thing that you gotta look for in leadership is you gotta take ownership, you gotta take responsibility, but you gotta be selfless. This isn't about you when you're in a leadership position anymore. You know, I always tell people at the time, I don't care about corporal, I don't care about sergeant, but I'm still Joe because your promotion, just like it happened, it can be taken away. And I look at it that way. I'm still, this is still Joe and Nick talking. This isn't corporal and sergeant talking. It's, sure. it's one of those things I'm with my guys. Like, yes, you do have, there's a line, of course, but in the same regard, your main job as a leader is to be there for your guys. Your main job is to set that example. We talk about the shopping carts, or like I use the example of if I'm at region and I'm walking past and there's a piece of paper on the floor, my job is to pick that piece of paper up. You know damn well I didn't put that piece of paper there. That's right. But I'm still picking it up because my guy might potentially see that and be like, that wasn't even his, but you know, Corporal or Joe is picking it up. That's something that can, those details will help them. You know, or it's a fact of when you send back, a, excuse me, when you send back a report and you're like, hey, add this, this, and this. Not a derogatory way, but like, you don't fuck. Nothing like that. More so the fact of, hey. Looking out for them if it goes to a trial. Yes. <laughs> and they don't see that. They don't see the long picture like we do. No. You know, most, unfortunately, sometimes they won't even see that in the long run regardless, you know, because they never have to go to a trial. That sure. Magnitude. But, you know, looking out for the little things because they're like, oh, I picked up. Because I know for me, you know, some of the best comments you ever get is like, just tell me once, I'll fix it. The other comment you get is like, if I ask Nick to do something, I don't even have to ask about the follow through because I know it's already done. Yeah. That's one of the biggest companies you can ever receive. And that's that's what I started getting as I was making my own. Joe takes care of it, it's gonna be taken care of. Like I always tell people too, you may not like the way it gets taken care of, but it's gonna get done. Right. It'll get done properly, it'll get done better than anybody else. Sure. And as a leader, you're teaching your guys, hey, look, this is the way I do things. You also gotta be open to open to what they say too. You know, that guy who may be cut loose for six months. Okay, may, he may have six months of police experience. He might not know his ass from his elbow when it comes to calls, but he may have life experience. 
that may help on a call. Sure. He may be able to explain things to you that you never looked at that. One of the, one of the great guys that I worked with when he was around when uh, Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was one of the ones, him and Mark, they really taught me to look at things from a broader perspective, to be like, it's not always as cut and dry on a situation, just in life. Sure. Let's look at it this way, too. Let's look at it that way. And um, that's something I've always, and they were never even my supervisors. They were just my friends and right. my coworkers. But as, as time went on, I saw that, too. And it's like, you know, being a leader isn't like, you do something wrong, let me jump down your fucking throat. And I've, I've unfortunately, I've done that. And I've also learned not to do that. Right. Some people react, oh, fuck him. It's all about the delivery. It is. You know, like, you know, instead of saying, like, hey, you did this wrong, and the other, other side would be like, why, why are you so dumb? You know, right. like, you got it's got to be delivering. It's got to be the way. It's like, what were you thinking when you made this decision? Right. As opposed to being like, you don't fuck. Right. It's not going to go away. And I know me and Joe are bringing back a lot of topics back to law enforcement because of <laughs> what we do. Um, fortunately, I was trained by some of the 20-year vets mm-hmm. when I came through. And now, unfortunately for a lot of departments, the generation is now a demographic of how young. you yeah. got people who are training people who have less than five years' experience. And, um, you know, they haven't seen everything yet either. And uh, I've always took the mindset, though, my, my job is to help them. Maybe they will see something that I will do that they can take yeah. away from it. Yeah. Um, whether that be how you communicate with somebody. I know my people skills have gotten better over the years. Yeah. When me and you work together, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. short fuse. Like, yeah. I don't have short fuses Absolutely. sometimes. It's Absolutely. just some things you have to work on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, building rapport with people is everything. I have learned to diffuse situations over the years and bring it down. You could go in somebody's house on a domestic call, and I always look for something in the room that I could tell they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And you can reflect their attention from what they're talking about to their passion, and it can change the whole demeanor. You bring up somebody's kids, people are passionate about their kids. Their whole demeanor will change. So over the years, you learn to adjust and learn. I mean, and part of it's probably growing up to being in it over 10 years, but uh, always be that mentor. That's, 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 I guess that's the point I was getting at. You, you look at what you, who you got brought up by same generation that I did. Um, Again, it goes back to the role model as a parent. You know, be the you know, be the role model, be the mentor that you never had growing up. And if the guys that we had, thankfully, our supervisors and our FTOs and whatnot, they were people who were seniors and they were showing us the right way to do things. And now, obviously, the policing has changed, but the the foundation is still there. The yes, the basics are still the there. Basics are still there. So if you can teach that person now, because we are the 12, 13, 14 year guys, and they're being trained by someone who's only been here for three years, we have to be that guy. Right. You know, like, like how many times are you at work and you get a phone call and it's like you ask the guy, did you use a chain of command? And he's like, yeah, but they didn't know the answer. Okay. Because unfortunately with that age, with that experience gap now, some of these guys haven't experienced pretty much anything in their first few years here. Yeah. You know, depending on where you're from, depending on what your agency, depending if that person was even proactive when they weren't teaching somebody. Sure. Just because you've been here for two to three years and you want to become a field training officer, whatever the case may be. It doesn't really mean much if you haven't really experienced anything. That's right. You got to look at it that way, you know, and sometimes it can, I'm the first to admit it, you know, sometimes it can get a bit overwhelming and it goes back to detachment. I'm not, I'm not the greatest at detachment. I still have a short fuse when it comes to things, you know, because those are my triggers and that's something I've had to work on. You know, when you're the only person who is a supervisor and you're running stuff by yourself, it's a lot. 
you know, sure. you got these guys blowing up your phone all the time, and then you got other people from other areas blowing up your phone. It's it can be a lot, but you just have to realize again, everybody got the same amount of time a day. That's right, twelve and a half hours. This can wait. This has to be immediate. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for what I had today. I'm going to title this episode the nine percent. Be the nine percent to accomplish your goals. What we're I like that. So that's what we're going to do. It's better than using the one asterisk, right? Or what's that? What the thing is for the. Uh, What's the, what are the stickers that the police have? Isn't, um, like, isn't one asterisk? Yes. Yeah, I, right? so. I haven't seen one of those in forever. That's why it's hard for me to remember. Be the 9%. Yeah. While you're here and we don't ever get to see each other, anything else you want to tell anybody out there? Anything else we haven't hit on? No, man, it, it was an honor and a pleasure being out here, bro. I, I can't, you still look exactly the same, except you're in better shape now. So it's like, <laughs> you look amazing. And, um, I appreciate it. I don't know if you touched on what we talked about earlier back in that 2020, but it's um, it's pretty amazing that that year and then seeing how well you adjusted yeah. afterwards. Like, I, you, nobody would ever know. You know, and I think that's a testament to you. And obviously, I know your family and whatnot, but your whole family is amazing. And well, one thing I did learn, and I'm giving a shout out to him too. I read Dave Grossman's books on killing and on combat, and one thing that always stuck out in my mind was, you can be shot, but you're not dead. Yeah. Yeah. If you have the mentality and the will, I'm going to live, I'm going to survive, I'm getting out of this hospital bed, you can do anything. It's all a mind thing. And, yeah. you know, it, we hear it over and over again, but really it boils down to, to what your mindset is. Would you consider that what you went through, those things in that year, would you consider that some of the best things to happen to you when you look at how it changed your perspective on things? Yes, I, I, I think so. Yeah. I, I've learned, number one, don't take life for granted. Correct. I am not a touchy-feely person, you know that over the years, but I've learned to be more open and tell people I love you, because you never know when you're going to see these people again. We hear it all the time, It's true. Though, you huh? never know yeah. what a day is going to bring when you walk out that door. That's something that I am a big advocate of, and you've seen that, and I, I preach it to everybody who wants to listen. You are not promised tomorrow. And people are like, well, how do you live the life you do? And how do you give the way you give? And how are you? Because I never want there to be any doubt. If today's my, if, dude, if I leave this podcast right now, and God forbid something happens to me on the way home, there ain't nobody in my life who's not going to know how I feel about them. Sure. You know, and if this is, if that's it, that's fucking it. You know, right. one of my guys asked me last week, he's like, well, what's your, you know, what's your goal? What's your exit plan? And that was my, I, I said, I literally had said death. Like dying is my exit plan. It's so funny because that literally was on a podcast yesterday with Priscilla and I sent it to that guy. And I'm like, we were just talking about this. Like law enforcement, there's no end for me in law enforcement. There's not like, oh yeah, I got 13 years left. Like I already know that I'm gonna be doing this for the rest of my life. The only way you're taking me out of this position, out of this field is if you're, yeah, I'm gonna be dead. Yeah. You're literally have to kill me. Right. You know, and if that day comes, then so be it. Right. You know, I mean, but that's the way I look at it because there's not going to be a day that goes by that Nick, you're ever going to sit there and Nick's going to sit there and say, man, I really wondered what Joe was like as a person. Like, you know how I am as a fucking person. Sure. My loved one knows how I am as a person. My guy's not as a person. And like I said, you've, I've seen it with you over the years and me too. I try to be transparent. What you see is what you get. That's it. I mean, you, with Instagram, that could be a fake life for people. Yeah. You could post on there, but I, I try to be genuine and sincere. Yeah. You know what you're going to get. I don't sugarcoat nothing. 
Um, you ask my opinion, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Uh, let me go back for a second. When he was referring to, uh, without saying too much, I was involved in a collision and uh, had COVID back in 2020 and an officer involved shooting, but that's what he was referring to. But that's <laughs> when he was bringing up a minute ago. But yeah, there life lessons can be taught through anything. And unfortunately, a lot of times it takes a tragedy for a lot of people to wake up. The thing is, too, with that tragedy is the fact that if you did get to wake up. Sure. You know, yeah. how many people you know that get their lives cut short? I mean, especially in the profession that we deal with, you get an 18 year old who's shot or a 22 year old who gets killed in an auto accident. Right. All they were trying to do was go home. Sure. They didn't get they didn't get those opportunities. Luckily for you and I, we're older and experienced to the point of like, yeah, we did go through life changing events to sit there and be like, hey, look, this is how I feel about you. Good, bad and different. You know, and it's 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 one of those things. I never, you know, we talk about transparency and black and white. Like one dude told me years ago, I was working a road time gig, and I'll still never forget it. He goes, "You're the realest motherfucker. People get for free." Yeah. And it was one of those things that I always took to heart. He goes, "It's just it's one of those things, man. You what you see is what you get, and that's the best way to live." Yeah. You know, you don't want anybody. To sit, you don't want to leave a conversation or leave a, a meeting with somebody, and they're going to sit and be like, "I wonder where he stands." Well, it says, too, one of the greatest quotes is you don't have to make up something if you tell the truth. Yeah. You don't have to remember what you Nothing. said because yeah. if it happened, it happened. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, that's, that's the best way to yeah. be. That's yeah. the best way to be. We have, how many people have, have you come up to that you've run into in your you know your career and they've run into you at these different places? And you may not know them by face, but if you tell the, if they tell you the incident, it pops right in your head. It comes right back. All the time. Right. All the time. Doesn't matter when I was living in Lexington, doesn't matter if I'm downtown, doesn't matter if I was in the Northeast. A lot of people come back, oh, you arrested me this. Never. But well, mainly with me, it was my hair. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's that <laughs> mohawk, hopper, you know? But, you know, it's always one of those things, too. And it's, it's, I'd rather have someone be like, yeah, you arrested me, but that changed my life. Sure. Or, yeah, you, you did whatever you had to do, but I, but I deserved it. Never in a bad way. That's also why I'm a huge advocate of people having their CWP and people being able to carry it's because sure. you never know when you're going to run it, especially sure. in our business. I tell the guys all the time, be careful. You know, be careful how you treat people, too. Like, if you've sure. already got somebody in cuffs, you've already won. That's, That's it. Right. Game's over, bro. Nothing you personal. Got Nothing Don't personal. take it personal. Roadhouse, bro. It's not the personal. It's just yep. business. It's just business. That's it. You And then at the end of the day, hopefully they see that. You know? Well, I... Over the years, I got a little salter. I, I tell people we're not dogged about any honor. You're not getting smoked. But now I'm just like, yeah, have your smoke, dude. And most time they'll talk with you the whole way down there. They're yeah. like, they'll tell you the whole life story. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what a country song. Yeah, know? exactly. It's bad. But it goes back to communication is what Correct. I'm getting at. And it also goes back to you don't know where people come from, though, too. And a lot of people that know me, I use comedy mm-hmm. to get, you know, people lighten up. You know, you use your you use your skills, yeah. and uh, that's one of them that I try to uh, I try to lighten the mood a lot of times, and it makes things a lot better. But uh, you know what I do hate though? What's that? that? When you're on a scene and you have like a really good joke and you say it, and it just goes totally over. But I'm like, I just wasted it. <laughs> like I'm laughing. Right. You know, I'm like. That was so good. That's I didn't right. Nobody gets this right. analogy. They're you know? up in the hype of the emotion. Yeah. They, they completely and then you're bringing them down to the jail. And they're like, oh, that was hilarious <laughs> what you said. You know? <laughs> now yeah. I get it. An hour later. Yeah. Yeah. But like, shoot. I would, have, I would have plea out, man. What's, what's the deal? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, it's... Uh, it all goes down to ownership and how you uh, handle things, take it in stride. But, yeah, yeah like I said, you're not promised tomorrow, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, tell everybody... Tell people how you feel, you know, whether it's good or bad, at least you know that they don't really and, and, and this is one of those things, man, and I, I have to bring it up because I know I touched on it earlier with my dad. You know, my dad was a huge influence in my life, probably the biggest role model I ever had, the biggest role model I probably. But, um, you know, in, in 2020, seeing him from my normal dad to 
cancer-ridden dad and still being, you know, somewhat active when I was up there. And then months later, being in a coffin, it puts things in perspective. And like we talked about the, you know, the wake after or the viewing, I'm sorry. And seeing all the multitude of people that come out, you know, when you leave this earth, you should want it to be life altering for people. Sure. You should want it to be like, like, I can't stand. You got people that line up for these fucking celebrities who they never knew. Live your life like that, though. Live your life like you, like you're trying to change lives every single day in a positive way. Like, you know, hopefully with this podcast, if someone listens to this podcast today and they're like, wow, I can really go out there and do that, then. You know, you did your job. Get it. That's it, bro. Like, it. You, you did what you had to do. And hopefully that person then says, I was listening to the Huff and Stuff podcast, and there were these two foul-mouthed motherfuckers on there, and they were just going on. And, but you know what? I helped because right. they helped that. It's like that, that that change. Like, you don't you don't realize the, the magnitude of what you can do, you know, with those positive words and those build-up, you know. And unfortunately, we, we condemn ourselves so many times, myself included. Like, I'll sit there, I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't have said that, you know. But another thing, too, to take in perspective, it's a disservice to us and to the people if you have information and withhold it from Oh, them. yeah, trust me, I've, I've been through that, yeah. If it does yeah. not get passed down to other people, yeah. how, are they, how are they supposed to know? Bro, uh, you know, and without getting into the weeds of things and stuff like that, but when that happens to you, when you find out that people around you or in your quote-unquote circle that know information that's very pertinent to your life and they're not telling you, that's heartbreaking, man. Sure. I'm telling you, man, that's one of those things. You People may not like the truth, but I'd rather hear the truth right off the get-go. And um, using that time and using that that time period of my life, and there's a lot of things, like I always say, I've never been one of those people to go out there and seek revenge on people or go out there and be to a you know, right the wrongs that they did to me. But I will say this at the end of the day, it's like what I always say, I'm undefeated. If you, situations like Nick just said, bro, if like withholding information will never do anyone any any good when it comes to situations, whether it be real life, whether it be professional or whatnot, that's not gonna help anybody. And even going back to the profession, though, the ones that did train us had 20 years and retired, they're probably thinking, well, my, my next step's gonna be an old folks home, nothing I did matter. But Correct. still, what they said imparted to me and I passed it on to the next generation. I mean, it's, it's, it's really remarkable. It, it'll be remarkable because that's never like, I actually, I wrote an email this morning trying to get some answers. Um, our department started in 1808. That was one of the questions that I had in 1808. So you think about the, the people that were back then, and let's just use like the more modern time period of say 1990, 2000, those people that, that, te- that did teach us. And now that's going to be, that legacy is what they taught you, what they taught me. And then we passed it on from generation to generation to generation. Policing, the foundation's always the same, like we said. But those those learning lessons and those those experiences, those those are still going to be the foundational threads sure. of policing. Body sure. cams can change, laws can change, but those foundational policing is still the same thing when it comes down to people. people Documentation, people. probable cause, and arrest. That's it, brother. <laughs> and, the, and the paperwork yep. that comes along exactly. with it. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, I, I I do think live PD having that aspect of of would be great. You know? I do hate they canceled it, but I said, if you're going to get live PD, you need to, well, yeah, but I'm saying when they canceled it, oh, yeah. the riots, I'm like, yeah. no, video everybody, video uh, the riots, video yeah. getting spit on, video yeah. getting cursed out, you want to see live. That would, have been a, that would have been a ratings boost, actually, because yeah. you would have saw what could actually happen sure. as opposed to the more, you know, one of my guys on there, he's from the county, and uh, Braylon, and he's he's one of their superstars over there on that on that show, and he's great, dude, amazing guy, he used to work with me, and, um, and, you know, what you see is like that little, a little fishbowl at the time and hoping something happens. 
times. Right. If you would have showed it back then, it'd be like, wow, not just the clips, not just the snapshots, not just the pictures. That would have been the perfect time to show it. Like, this is what it's like. This is the shit. You know, this is yeah. us in the trenches right now. Sure. You know, and that would have been ratings wise. I, I mean, if that's if that's what they're going after, I think it would have been genius as opposed to just reasoning with the the safety oh, aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we have to cancel it because people, you know, two Might people complained. You know, so <laughs> yeah, let's cancel it. It's smart. Good job. Well, I think that's all I have. Anything else? Again, it's an honor, pleasure to. I appreciate you doing it, man. I really fun, do. Man. Super fun. So my uh, mentality is: if you got five years in, don't be the twenty-four year, six-month vet mentality. We're going to go ahead and close <laughs> off. We're going to go yeah. ahead and close off this. The retirement system has now changed to twenty-eight years. So, yes. and the grand scheme of things, you got twenty-three years to go. Of course, not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You like I always say, guys. Yeah, I think my mentality, or my mentality at least with this was, in law enforcement, you're gonna have these certain steps in your career. You know, you go from being a patrolman, then you go from being a teacher, then you maybe go to being a supervisor. It goes from, I tell the guys all the time, I don't, I don't collect challenge coins, I don't collect badges, I collect awards and I collect paychecks. That's it. That's right. And then now you look at it like, I care about when my guys get the awards, when my guys get that kind of stuff, that accommodation, because they're showing that they're out there doing the work. That gives me more joy than I ever had getting those things. Sure. I've always been the first person to admit, I would never enjoy, like I still remember getting awards and I don't remember it in the aspect of like I have it, but I don't remember that actual day. Right. Because I'm so used to be like, what's the next goal? What's the next goal? What's the next goal? But now seeing my guys, two of my guys are getting accommodations tomorrow when we go to work for life saving. You know, that's the first thing we're doing in the morning for the most part. Well, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. I'm not going to mention any agencies or anything like that, but you, I know you're modest. You're not going to say anything. You, you saved some money from jumping off of a building. Yeah. Not I too had, long ago. Yeah. Um, he uh, was on top of the, what was the backstory on that? Got a call in the parking garage. Um, one of my dudes was up there already and, uh, you know, you know, unfortunately people call in erroneous stuff sometimes, but we went up there as middle of the day on a Sunday. And um, he was already up there first. And I was like, hey, is it legit? And he goes, yeah, it's real legit. And we got up there, me and my, uh, at the time I was a crew, great, great male. Uh, her name is Karen, great officer too. And uh, we went up there, spoke to him. And again, it talks to that visualization. I had already thought this through my head numerous times before without even going there, just in my head. Going up there, was able to talk to him, introduce ourselves, and he was already over the ledge. And um, feet dangling the whole line. My thought process was I can overpower this guy. I just took him, brought him over. We were able to keep him down, get him in there, get him with EMS. Yeah, he was gonna jump. Apparently, hit the the weird part was he had been up there for I guess some time before somebody had called him in. And um, ironically, I ran into him last year. I was on a scene with another individual, not not related at all, obviously, but another 1080 call, which is a suspicious person. And um, he came up to me and he's like, Joe, I was like, yeah, I'm just, you know, standoffish, yeah. you know? He's like, I'm the guy that you pull from the building. I was like, really? I had no idea, you know? And it goes back to those situations. I remember the incident, I, I, don't, I can't tell you. They remember the face. Yeah, it was like, it was, you know, we talked about the adrenaline before because before that, there was a, a woman who had um, pulled from a, a car fire through her, she had gotten hit and run. One was, the car was engulfed. Um, started in the back and was moving towards forward. She actually had broken her femur. So she couldn't even move out of the passenger seat, was able to get the seatbelt off, 
me and another uh, two of the troopers pulled her out, dragged her. And this is what you talk about, you talk about the dummy drag. Um, you know, you're going where we were, there's six lanes of traffic. And thankfully, it was like two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Pulled her to the side, but you realize, like, in those moments, again, things that I'd visualized before, things that I'd already been through in my head, what I would do, it calms you in a lot of ways. That's why I'm a big advocate of visualization. Because you've already planned it. Yeah, because yeah. your heart rate doesn't go nearly as quick. Your adrenaline doesn't dump nearly as quick. I think the funny part about situations like that, and I actually had just thought about this yesterday, you know, like, um, there's no time to celebrate in this job. You know, you pulled that kid off the building. I heard that was like at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon or something. Still got four and a half hours left to work. <laughs> like, yeah. You pull the kid down, you do the information report. What Domestic. You, yeah, you still use, they don't care about what you just did. <laughs> you know? Well, kind of going back to that too, I think people get that mindset, especially if you have family in this job. You're so calloused and hard, but the thing is you can't keep up with what you, you do. You, you think you see something and the next day will top it. Well, even on that aspect too, it's like you can't rest on your laurels. You know, yeah. it's like um, it's like the twenty four hour celebration period. I remember when you know I had won an award one time, and um, I wasn't even thinking about it. My next goal was like, how can I win this again next year? That was my goal. You right. know, I'd even I'd even really celebrate the first one. It's cool to look back on. It's hard to keep up with it. It really is. It's, 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 it's even a few days ago too. Like uh, I went through my binder and I was looking at all the stuff and the credentials and whatnot, and um. I didn't realize how much shit that I accrued because I never really thought about it. Right. And I just, and that's, I've thrown out so much stuff as well, like when I moved. But you realize how much you accrue. And this ain't the paper dragon thing. You know, I go, these guys that want to sign up for training, but they don't do shit with it. This is like legitimately from the department, you've earned this kind of thing. And you don't realize it. You really don't when you're out there doing it all the time. And it goes back to, what would you rather be remembered for? What is your legacy going to be? Sure. Are you going to be a legacy as a lazy piece of shit who just collected a paycheck? Or are you going to go out there and you're going to be one of the best that ever did this job? I, I make the joke all the time, man. When I leave, whether it be, like I said, if I, if I die on this job, I want a fucking statue outside. <laughs> like, right. like, I, want, I, want, I, want the, I want the whole thing, man. Like, right. I, want, I want that to be my legacy. Like, that's the, that's the baddest motherfucker that ever lived, that right. ever worked. Right. You know, and that's the mentality. It doesn't mean I am, but that's the mentality you got to have when you go sure. in there every day, you know, so. Yeah, but just like you said, I mean, a legacy is everything, you know, on a statue of yourself that's, a, that's definitely something to want to have um, like Rocky Balboa down there I just finished watching it's funny because that's how I watch I don't have uh, cable and I don't have um, the internet at the house so all my all my Netflix viewing is done when I do cardio in the morning and they just put the first five Rockies on Netflix Mix, so, Mix my favorite that's my yeah. that's my spirit animal and it's funny though too because you know the, you know the scene so well that I just fast forward to certain points like you fast forward to the training and the fight in Rocky 4 you fast forward to you know him fighting Tommy Gunn in the parking lot in, in 5 or in Rocky 2 when she's like just win and he goes out there and he trains and like you get like you know my, my, you know your nipples get hard because you're just like getting goosebumps and shit right you know? It's like, and I went through all of those, and you bring up the the rock that sound Rocky Five Minutes when he goes up to his statue up there and stuff. And I'm not saying it will happen, but I mean that's the mentality that you want to have. I mean, it's just like, like what do you want to be known for? What do you want to be remembered for? And it doesn't again. This again, it goes back to you don't have to be perfect. I'm the most imperfect motherfucker there is out there. Right. I always tell people I can. I've read the Bible twice. I can give you quotes. I can give you spiritualization. I you see what I put on Instagram. All my loving like the loving quotes and all that kind of stuff. 
the next thing will be something completely different. Right. But that's just my dichotomy. And that's just the way I am as a sure. person because that's my emotions and that's how I balance things out. But what do you want to be remembered for, especially in law enforcement? I mean, I think you can agree to this. It's not hard to separate yourself in this business. It really isn't. Like, you can be an all-star. You just got to be consistent at it. That's right. You know, put your put your, put your your best work out there for those first two, three, four, five years. You get to your specialized unit or you get to become whatever you do. And nothing, I think nothing rears its ugly head more than when you see somebody who wasn't anything on the street and then they they pass a test or they get into uh, whatever unit they want to be and then you realize you know where those failures come into play because they never had it in the first place or they never worked on it in the first place and sometimes it's no detriment to themselves nobody ever told them right you know it goes back to you once again if you're withholding information or if you're if you're not being transparent with them like you're doing those people a disservice as well that's right you know so it's it's one of those things we all got to look at each other like with a, a very black and white view but like how can I help this person what is that person lacking what am I lacking sure. you know Jordan Peterson said it all you know one of his quotes and I've read his book I'm, he's so wordy that I had to read like each page twice <laughs> you know he's like you know you want to be real with yourself sit on the edge of your bed and ask yourself like how am I fucked up basically right and he's like you're not going to like the answers if you're honest with yourself you're not going to like the answers what can I do that's better and that's something that I had to work on whether it be as a supervisor whether it be as a you know in a relationship or whether it just be the kind of person I am on a daily basis there were things that I had to change and again just like fitness it's not going to happen overnight yeah you know it's it's not going to be one of those things it's a work in progress you kind of hit the nail on the head I think a lot of people look for a quick solution where they're going to take a pill and they're going to be fit in a month Um, you know it's uh, it takes work yeah. It takes work. I didn't start seeing results, me personally, probably for the first year. Yeah. I mean, and it boils down to what your body type is yeah. and what you have to cut out. Yeah. Um, eating protein, I can say it goes back to that. And you, but someone like you, as I knew, as I knew you from the younger years before 2018, I can tell you, like, you would look at Nick and you'd be like, oh, this guy's got his shit together. He looks great. But then when you start taking it seriously and when you started getting on your, your path and what you really wanted to do, then right. you realize that's where you actually blossom. Sure. You know, and it's it's one of those things, like, it goes back to, it doesn't matter where you're coming from, it matters where you're going. We kind of touched on in the beginning, too, but confidence is everything, too, yeah. when you go to these calls. And I didn't have the best confidence, but when I started taking jiu-jitsu with Richard, mm-hmm. it literally boost your confidence you're like hey you know maybe i can't handle myself yeah. but it's all about how you carry yourself yeah. you go back to those first impressions like yeah. you said you getting out of the car looking like a fat slob nobody's gonna take you serious yeah and they really won't i don't care and that's, that's one of those things though too man and i you know you, people can call it judgmental people can call it whatever the fuck they want but the fact of the matter is if you don't one of the quotes the best quotes i've ever heard is if you don't care about yourself it's going to be a hard time it's going to be hard for me to care about you yeah and that's 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 a good way to look at life and one of the other quotes that i heard and if he listens to this podcast he's gonna know it's him the best quote i ever heard he goes like people are like baseball cards some are just worth more than others that's true true never heard it it's you can steal it and i'll I'll give you credit i'll I'll give the person credit um he's he's a good friend of mine right now and he's been a good friend of mine for years and he has initials as his first name and i'll just leave it at that because i don't know if he wants his name out there but he told me that quote and he uh it's very good it's an amazing quote it's something i've passed on and really changed my whole trajectory of how i looked at things because again it goes back to being a yes or no person if it's not bad to say no you know and it's like you have to realize your value you know in the quote andy frisella your worth is your fucking worth if you're letting other people define you 
that's on you at that point. Right. That doesn't matter if it's a relationship. That doesn't matter if it's a friendship. That doesn't matter if it's at work. You can't, you know, we hear all the time, oh, work, you know, work fucked me. I worked in the fucking, you fucked you. What did you do? Like, what did you do to make yourself better? What did you do to make the business better? It doesn't matter what you're doing. Right. Well, this person, like we talk about transparency, like, you know, people that are married and whatnot, like, okay, yeah, your wife is this, your husband's that. What the fuck did you do? Yeah. Are you perfect? I doubt it. You know, like let, let's let's call a spade a spade. Like if, you know, it's it's one of those things where the most honest, the more honest you are with yourself, it builds on everything else that you have going on in your life as well. Sure. Yeah, it's. Uh, I said, goes back to ownership. Yeah, all, all the time. <laughs> and, but, like real Talk ownership. Of, definitely get to know him. Yeah. When he wrote that book. Yeah, and it, it's 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 weird because I just finished the Dichotomy of Leadership and Extreme Ownership as well. Um, just finished those back to back a few weeks ago. After reading it for the third time, gave away all the copies that I usually do. And um, it's it's one of those things. Like it's so simple. And it's so fundamental, but yet so very few people have it. Sure. You know, and it's not just a leadership thing. It's, it's across the board. And you're a leader to someone somewhere in your life. You may not have the position title, but you're a leader at home. Right. You're a leader to your kids. Well, Richard and I kind of talked about it when I had the podcast with him. We talked about the victimhood mentality and the uh, toxic masculinity. That's the term people like throwing around now. But... Uh, you know, you watch the Discovery Channel, and the lions don't go after the strong ones. They go after no. the weak ones. Yeah. And yeah. you set yourself up like that. That's yeah. what's going to happen. That's life. You're going to be devoured. Yeah. There are winners and there are losers. There's winners and there's losers. It's, it's very simple. You know, when you go out there every single day, there are winners and there are losers. And if you want to be a winner, emulate a winner. That's right. You know, if you want to be a loser, emulate a fucking or keep on doing what you're doing. Because if you're the same place that you were five years ago, dude, I'm, there's very few people that if I was to look at their life right now, open and honestly, to sit there and be like, are you better than you were five years ago? Very few people can say that they are. Yeah. They're more in debt. They're more miserable. They're more out of shape. Right. There's a multitude of things and that all comes down to the same thing. It's all what they're letting happen to themselves on a daily basis. It wasn't just five years ago. It was four years ago. It was three years ago. It was two years ago. It was last year. It was last month. Right. All of that is built up. So when's it going to fucking change? That's right. That's what yeah. That's what I always ask people. When is it going to change? When are you going to wake up one day? What's it going to fucking take for you? But the idea, though, this mentality now, everybody's a winner. We're going to give you a participation trophy. Yeah. There's no that's that's what, what it's it called. Starts, man. That's what it's called. Yeah. Is this victimhood mentality? It, I think that's where people like you and I come in. Like you got, uh, we've seen all the time in our profession. You got a you got a young person who's been told their whole life, like. Oh, you're right, Johnny, and you know everything you say is right. You come to our profession, you better hope and God and pray. I'm not your supervisor, or you're a supervisor. Better be able to back it up. I'm gonna tell you my how. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna tell. You, I'm gonna fucking knock you down, and boot you back up. Exactly. No, Johnny, this is the way it fucking goes around here. This is our neck of the woods now. Right. You know, like right. you're wrong, I'm right. But what I can do is I can help you, so you're not wrong again. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's um, it's it's really sad if you think about it. Um. The way people are being raised now, um, it, there's no responsibility, there's no consequences for action. People are, are scared to discipline their kids, punish their kids, and, and it's causing a generation of weak people. Yeah. And um, like I said, you set yourself up for it. You kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're, yeah. there's winners and losers. Sure. You got to decide what you're going to be. Yeah, and you, that's a daily that's a daily choice you have to make. Just because you're a winner on Monday and you're a loser on Tuesday and Wednesday, guess what? You're still a fucking loser. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's it. <laughs> You know, right. you, you, you're not a winner. 
you know, and that's the thing. You talk about confidence and whatnot. Confidence is an everyday single life. People used to think it was like just confidence, like, oh, you go up and speak to any girl. That's what I say, man. You can go up and speak to anybody. Doesn't matter how you project yourself. That's right. You know, you ever see those guys and you got these like amazing looking women? You're like, how did you get that person? Oh, God, must have a fast car. He must have a big dick. Or or maybe he's just fucking funny. Right. You know, or maybe that's the aspect. Or vice versa. You got a great looking dude. They're they're not a mind reader. No. Tell somebody what you want. Correct. Yeah. Go up to him like, wow, nobody's ever talked to me like that before. Nobody's ever given me that kind of compliment before. Wow, you're actually genuine. I ain't got a crystal ball and I ain't Jesus. Yeah, exactly. You know, magic eight ball and a sister and sister, you know. All sources point to yes. That's right. You know, but confidence is key and how you carry yourself. But that confidence that's built up by doing the right things and that's built up by doing the right things consistently. And that confidence is built up like you have to, yeah, you have to look the part, but you also have to be the part too. That's right. To follow through with that. If I'm sitting here, if I'm sitting here and I'm telling you right now, like, oh, I wake up every morning and I do this and then. I go out there and I sabotage it, or if I don't even do it, like that people like, you know, I put up my sweaty shirts every morning after cardio. It's not for me. I know I'm in the gym killing it. That's for everybody else that's out there that's watching my story. That's right. You know, it's like, it's funny. Like, and yeah, I think it's funny. It's like, I, I look at the people who view my stories. People don't even fucking follow me. Right. But they'll look at my stories because they want to know what the fuck I'm doing. They want to know what you're doing. Yeah, motherfucker. About you. This is where I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm the easiest person to find. I tell them what's I'm the easiest dude to find, man. You ask me where what I am. What are you going to do? Yeah. What, what are you going to do? Are. What What are you going to do? You're sitting in your bed. You haven't, you haven't got out of your bed because you got to check your seven fucking social media profiles. And you've been in, and what I've been doing, I've been killing myself in the gym for the last fucking hour. Right. And then you're going to sit there and you're going to bitch and moan that you want my life. Right. Get out there and fucking earn it. That's right. You know, like you said, I mean, it takes adjustment. I mean, most people work nine to five jobs, like you said earlier. Set your clock for six. Go to the gym. January is the, the busiest fuck? time. What is a nine to five anyway? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I don't even know what that mentality is. But, you know, January is the busiest time in the gym. Yeah. Me, personally, I like going to three in the morning. Dude, I'm telling you, man. There's two people there, maybe most the same grandpa. We're up yeah, there. Yeah, we're we're yeah. killing it, man. He's yeah. doing his push-ups. I'm yeah. doing my drills. I'm like, way to go, man. Yeah. You're doing great. But, uh, but I guarantee it's been part of his life forever, though. Yes. There's no reason that you're going to have a 60-year-old man waking up at 3 right. o'clock in the morning to go to business. I want to do it now. No. Still wolf him down in a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> I got no problems to him, man. Yeah. I mean, he, he's Just stay it. 15 feet away from that. <laughs> yeah, he's smell. killing it. Like, you smell <laughs> killing me, bro. But, uh, yeah, like I said, it's all about mentality and, and, and adjusting. Yeah. You know, it's people don't want to be inconvenienced. So, so my, uh, my, my answer to that is, okay, so you're an inconvenience. You ever have somebody tell you like, they're like, oh, well, that's just all I've ever known. Or that's just what I'm used to. We have so much history. Okay. Again. So when is it going to fucking change? That's right. What, what is it? Is it you gonna hit thirty? You gonna hit thirty-five? You gonna hit forty? You gonna hit? Because by then you got society. I tell you all the fucking time, man. You hit forty, you're done. Five years older. Yeah. Five years older, you're probably in a worse situation when you already begin. You know, no matter what situation it is, you have that choice every single day. No matter what you're doing in life at this moment, when you're listening to this podcast and you've got something going on in your head and you want to change something, you have the ability. In the greatest fucking country in the, in the world, to wake up tomorrow and to start doing that—that's right. There is no other place like that on earth. Right. You've got the opportunity. You've got the fucking technology. You've got social media. You want to work out at home? YouTube it. You want to do this? Look it up. Google it. All these things are literally at your disposal. 
Yep. You remember what it was like to go to a fucking library? Like, that's Cyclo- because it's a encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. Encyclopedia. I mean, Botanica? Yes. I had to say it. there and <laughs> yeah. have to pull out the card yes. in the back and check it out. Could you imagine doing, could you imagine a kid doing a book report now having to come here, get a book on fucking grasshoppers, and then have to write a two page essay about it? Because guess what? That's what I do every fucking week. Uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. What, do you, uh, what are those things called? The, um, that Rolodex cards or I whatever? do. I am thankful they came out with Cliff Note version books. I'm going to do book reports. Oh, you're so young. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's it's like one of those things, man. But like you said, though, there's no excuse. And like I said earlier, everything's at our fingertips so right easier. now. Like, books will be obsolete. Yes. I mean, everything now is even audio books now. Yeah. I mean, people are too lazy to read. Me, personally, I like flipping through a page. That's just me. I can't but do audio books. I, can I can't podcasts, do audio books. Yes, I'm saying. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no excuse no. Anything you want to do is there. It's yeah. available. You can take classes on anything. Yeah. You can college now. I mean, most people aren't even going to classes now. They actually hear a professor. It's all done online now. Look what happened during COVID during a shutdown. Yep. What was it like? Everybody took their shit online for the most part. Yep. And nobody had an issue with it. Yeah. You know? Life's what you make it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, but unfortunately what happens is, you know, going back to that COVID shutdown and what it actually what it actually did to people when I saw it. You have, you have so many people that are like, oh, I can work from home forever. Okay, cool. You worked at home forever. What did that do for your home life? What did that do for your fitness? What did that do for your health? Created more domestics for us. Correct. Yes. And that's exactly what it did because now you're around that people. I mean, there's a reason why you have balance. There's a reason why you have time away and there's time with people or there's a reason why you need to be outside in the sun. You can't be inside in a fucking onesie all day. That's not the way life works. Right. That's just, it's kind of like, you know, we talk about money and the money aspect. If, you know, if you don't know how to spend a thousand dollars, you ain't going to know how to spend a million dollars. That's right. There, nothing changes. Again, nothing changes just because you have money. The only thing that changes is not you as a person, but like, okay, if you were a giver with a thousand dollars, you're going to be a giver with a million dollars. If you were selfish with a thousand dollars, you're going to be selfish with a million dollars. Yeah. Nothing changes. You just have more money at that time. At that time. Yeah. It, again, it comes down to the person. What are you doing on a daily basis? What are you doing to change yourself? What are you doing to better yourself? That's right. You know, and it's always up to you. It's nobody else's fucking fault. If I just say life isn't fair, there's where you go for the popcorn and cotton candy. I always, I always <laughs> like life isn't fair, but it's not fair for everybody. That's what makes it fair. That's right. That's we all, right. we all get the same. Like I said, we all get the same twenty four hours, hours a day. It's what you make of it. You, you get to take a breath. You get to listen to this podcast. You got the gift of hearing. You got the gift of visual with YouTube. You got the, all these things. You got two arms and two legs. Some people don't even fucking have that, and they're still out there killing it. Yeah. What's your fucking excuse, man? That's right. Like I said, I have more respect. There's a guy that goes to the gym. He has a prosthetic leg, but every day in there killing it. And I was like, and there's there's a woman who comes in there pretty much on the regular. She probably weighs, I'd venture to say, 350, but she's on the treadmill killing it. Yeah. I have more respect for those people yeah. than these people who just, just play this this victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it my genetics. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, 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 really. it's not your fucking genetics. It's 20 years of eating shit. That's right. You know what? But you can change that. You may not like hearing the fact that you've been living a lavish lifestyle for the last 20 years, but if, can you honestly take off your clothes in front of a fucking mirror and be happy with what you see? Yeah. Ain't nobody going to say yes. And if you're saying yes, you're fucking lying to yourself. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you're like literally right. you are fucking lying to yourself because right. you know if I was to be like, hey, guess what? I'm going to I'm gonna give you a pill tomorrow morning. You're going to wake up and you're going to have the body, whoever you want. You go find that motherfucker on social media and you want to be that Victoria's Secret model or that GQ magazine, you would take that in a heartbeat. So you can't seriously sit there and tell me that you don't want to look like somebody else if you would do that. That's right. Exactly right. 
Let's just get good. Oh, let's fuck. Get started. Let's go. Yeah, let's fucking do this. <laughs> got Joe stirred yeah. up. Joe stirred up now. He's already opened the water bottle. I was wondering how long it was going to take. Yeah, I know. It's like he's it, it, getting stirred up. Yeah. Let me pour some more water in my bottle. No, I really enjoyed it. It's been it's been great. It really has. But um, you know, it's just life's what you make it. Your job's what you make it. Your family, friends. End of the day, that's all that matters. And you know who's who's there next to you. Um, like I said, it's twenty four hours in a day. It's all how you balance it out, and make it what it is. I mean, you work twelve and a half hours, get paid twelve and a half hours, go home, but be everything you can be in that twelve and a half hours. Fourteen days a month. Yeah. What you do in those days is can speak volumes to how you progress in your careers, and that's just not law enforcement. That's anywhere. Think about it this way: if you if you have a job like ours, where you're literally out there every single day being able to make a difference, and that's no matter if it's a compliment, that's no matter if it's talking to somebody, that's no matter if it's treating that homeless individual like he's a person and not some per like just some thing on a side of the street. That can speak to that person that speaks volumes about your character not because you have to do it but because you want to do it and if you can make that ripple effect there think about what else you can do when you're actually given an opportunity you know if you're just doing that you got 12 and a half hours it, it trickles down like I started doing this like last year you just go into Walmart or you just go into a store and you got some, somebody who's stacking groceries you just walk past them like good morning Good afternoon, good evening, whatever. That person's face always lights up, man. Because ain't nobody talking to those dudes. Yeah. They're 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 doing their job, right? Sure. You know, they're they're fronting and facing all the stuff that you keep on taking out. Just say good morning to them, man. Strike up a conversation. You know, things of like that. And if you see something, like it's okay to compliment somebody and fucking leave. Right. You know, you don't have to sit there and be like, hey man, that green shirt really looks good on you, and then just leave. You don't gotta make it awkward. That's right. You're gonna sit there and be I'm like, not hitting on I'm not hitting you. on you. Like, don't flatter yourself, guy or honey. Like, trust me, I'm, I'm taken care of. I'm good. You know, like, I'm literally giving you a compliment because that's what I'm seeing. And that's maybe somebody else has said it. Maybe somebody else hasn't. But at least for the rest of the day, like, I'm doing it because that's what I observed. That's right. You know, and you can use those words and you can use those words of truth to help build somebody up because that person may be having the shittiest day in the world. But you just made their whole day just by simply saying good morning. Hey, how are you? That's right. You know? Um, I just got through reading a book. Well, that was one of my goals this year to read one book a month, but I'm trying to get two a month in. But uh, I'd never heard of an Enneagram. It's a study of nine different personality traits. It is mind-boggling. Looking in the mirror is always hard. Yeah. But the personality types you are, I found myself in at least three or four of them, but I'm like, wow, I got so much to work on. And my it, buddies did that. It's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and it's... Uh, it is really weird. Like it's it's one of those things. It's kind of, and if anybody wants to try to loop to group that in with the horoscope, I hate to tell you this right now, but you can take any horoscope and you can make it into what you want. That's right. An enneagram is like a Karen's a Leo. No, Karen's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. that's just not her horoscope. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's, yeah. that's her her personality. Yeah. yeah. It's just because she's a Canton look doesn't mean that she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of those aspects too what what Nick is talking about. And you can just Google it. You can take the test online. It's it's in depth. It's not one of those tests where it's like again, or you were just born at a certain time. No, no. Yeah. It's one of those things where it makes you look at yourself and it makes you realize like, oh, maybe this is why I do the things that I do. Like I can, I can be very you know, introspective and look at my life and there'll be certain things that I would do 
because I was insecure. Right. Or I was not vulnerable. Right. That led to a lot of bad decisions on my board, a lot of words that I shouldn't have used or things that I shouldn't have done or actions that I shouldn't have taken just because of my insecurity. And that goes back to loving yourself. And sure. again, this goes back to, it goes back to the health and fitness, man. If you love yourself, I'm talking about love yourself, then do something about it. I'm not talking about fake love. I'm not talking about this fucking positive body positivity bullshit that's out there. If all else do it, that you can see your kids, your kids, kids, your grandkids. Yeah, you know, it's like, I hate the, what's your why? I hate that fucking saying. Because again, it's over-exaggerated, just like leave from the front. The thing is this, if your why, quote unquote, is your children, don't you want to see your children grow up? Don't you want to be the best example for your children? Yeah. If that's truly your why, it's not just because you're putting food on the table. It's the work ethic. It's the look. It's what you're representing on a daily basis for your children. If you are obese and horribly overweight, there's a chance you may not see your child graduate high school. You want to see your child go to prom. You want to see your child go to college if they choose to make that wrong decision, whatever the case may be. It's it's one of those things where it's it's not just about today. The, t- the change happens today, but it's for the rest of your life and to show what can happen when you start moving forward and what can happen when you start being consistent and you get to show that to your children because your children are going to realize that your children see your good things and your bad things just like when you just like when you live with somebody they know your good habits and they know your bad habits you know one of the things with me is i'm very anal with everything everything has to be clean everything has to have a place i don't like clutter i i admit i can be a very difficult person to live with because i like the way things the way they are but i know that about myself yeah you know, and it's, they go as, you know, I don't have children, so my opinion may not be shit to those who do have children, but I've seen enough people fuck up their whole kid's life based on what they were doing. Sure. You know, then I've seen single moms out there who do a more amazing job than they ever would have with a person. Yeah. Because that single mom is showing that child or children what it's like to actually have work ethic, what it's like to actually have drive and to be a role model, so. Yeah, and like I said, you don't have to get stuck in the rut either that my dad was this way, that's the way I got to be. Yeah, it's that's the way generational curse. Mom, yeah, generational. I mean, you can break the generational curse. So, no. I mean, <laughs> it, it starts with you. Just because your dad was an alcoholic doesn't mean you have to be an alcoholic. Just because diabetes runs in your family, you may be a candidate for that, but you can still do everything in your power to fix that and to stop being pre-diabetic stage or yeah. by eating healthier you know you don't have to live to that parents your parents stigma as well you speak you speak perfectly about that and that's true especially with my dad's side of the family my grandfather was literally a grave digger because he was an alcoholic he was a fucking asshole abusive to my dad my aunts my grandmother to the point and i'm very transparent to the point where my grandmother had a stroke and my grandfather, who is dead, thankfully, he refused to let her go to rehab because he was afraid that she was gonna have an affair with the doctor. So my grandmother had to spend the rest of her life half paralyzed because of my grandfather, because the European Polish ways were that, you know, gotta remain loyal to your thing. He was an alcoholic. My dad was not an alcoholic. He would drink, but it was never to the point of getting drunk. So if you want to go skip a generation, that would lead it to me. 
I don't drink at all. I'm not a social drinker. I hate the taste of all kind of alcohols. I drank literally five times in my life, at right. most five times. So that generational curse never happened. It's just like saying, you know, my whole family's in New York. I'm the only person to leave. Nobody, you know, I'm the person who made that choice. You know, like it's any, you can make that choice. Just like you said, the diabetes aspect or the alcoholic aspect, you can, you wake up every day and you can make that choice to not be like anybody else in your family. How can you sit there and say, I hated my grandfather because I was an alcoholic and then turn around and be an alcoholic. Yeah. You're just a better version of him. Correct. If you hate something so much, you don't want to be that thing. Yeah. I would assume, you know, and it, there's like. I've been guilty of this too. You see somebody, you get it, you, you start talking to him, you're like, or you read something, or you see it, whatever the case may be. And you're like, I don't want to, I don't like that person. Then you realize the reason you don't like that person is because you see traits in them that you see in yourself. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I was just reading the book a few days ago, or actually it's a few weeks ago now. I remember reading the book and I was like, it was Tim Kennedy's book, and um, great book, Scars and Stripes. I was reading it. And I'm like, God, this guy is fucking cocky as fuck. And he's like an asshole. He can be a dick. And I'm reading this. And even in there, he's saying like, yeah, I know I was a cocky, arrogant asshole at the time. But I'm reading it. And I'm like, I don't like it because he's doing things that I did at that age. Oh. And I was the same kind of person. So that's why I don't like it. Because now I'm reading this as a 43-year-old as opposed to when he was 23 and he's writing as a 23-year-old. He's writing about his youth. And I'm looking at that as how I was at 23. So that's why I didn't like it. Because if I saw a 23-year-old doing that right now, I'd be like, man, you're a fucking arrogant asshole. He doesn't know his ass from his elbow. Yeah. You know, and you see that. So what do you do? You fucking change it. Yeah. You make that conscious choice to be like, I don't want to be like that person. Yeah. Well, like I said, and it's one of those things, too. I think sometimes it comes with maturity, mm-hmm. with age. It's not something you can change overnight necessarily, but it's identifying those problems and working on them, like you just said. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. you got to be honest with yourself. Again, it always goes back to that ownership, yeah. man. <laughs> you know, it's it, you can only fool you. It's, truth always comes out. Like I always tell people, man, it doesn't matter what. And I've seen it, and some people think they can outrun it, and I feel bad for those people because they have to wake up every single day realizing when the gig is going to be up. Yeah. And eventually that gig will be up, yeah. you know, and it's just easier to come clean. It's just easier to be transparent. It's easier, especially when it comes to a, a choice that could be relatively easy to be like, I have to take ownership of my health and fitness. I have to take ownership of this responsibility. I have to be a better dad. I have to be a better mom. I have to be a better boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever the case may be. I have to be a better protector. I have to be a better provider. Um, I heard Andrew Tate a few weeks ago. And uh, I was a clip that my buddy Josh Hughes, who's the greatest barber in South Carolina, by the way, he had brought up, um, Tay talks about when you create a video game character, do you create a video game character based on yourself or do you create a video game character based on this superhero kind of look you got you want the guy with the 99% speed you want the guy with the 99% ability when you're making a guy in Madden I've played video games like 20 years but those kind of things where you're trying to make that person to something that you wish you could be why don't you put down a video game and why don't you go make yourself into that person that's right because you have that opportunity every single day yeah why don't you go do that it's, it's not a hard choice. You can put down a video game. Like, I, what, what, you said COD, was that Call of Duty? I yeah. Know, right? That's the so, new term now. Uh, I, I've, I've never played it. I haven't had a gaming system. In, like I said, I've, had, I've played it for 20 years. 20 years. Easily. The last gaming system I had, I, I believe, was 
and I wasn't mocking Call of Duty, Call of Duty, but it's, there's more to life than that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, you got people out there that are playing Call of Duty. They look like physical specimens. I get it. Awesome. They've embraced their character. They've embraced their character. <laughs> they have, and that again, you can use that to help sure. other people as well. Sure. You know, and that's nothing against the video game entering this video game systems. It's more so the fact that, but when you got somebody who doesn't leave their fucking basement for 18 hours a day and the other six hours are sleeping, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, you are literally living through a character that is not even real. Sure. You know, it's a fantasy it's, world. It's a fantasy world. You don't know what reality is, and it goes back to what we talked about with social skills. You get out on a scene with somebody, and you can tell they don't know what to do. Yeah. Or you, they, you get the phone call, like, oh, did you ask this question, that question, that question? No, I didn't. Do a report. Key to supervision. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, bro, I need, I need these questions answered. Like, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed right. to give you the appropriate charge? Even how to label this, label this report? If you well, like you said, with the social skills, though, it goes back to if, you, if you're liking. Mm-hmm. social skills go to Walmart yes tell that, tell that, to tell that employer yes tell that employee hey nice to meet you yes or hey you look Strike great a conversation. Yeah, I like your haircut yes I mean you look sharp yes that's, that's all it is that's literally it, it does, and like I said it's like same with physical fitness though I'm not eating the cinnamon bun today I'm going to have an egg muffin yes it's yes. it's Find your weak areas and improve on it. Yeah, and that's what we, Joe and I, are harping on. That's the thing. It's like, and you'll see that that again will be a trickle down effect. Is because once you get done with that, you'll be able to be like, oh, now I can conquer this next next thing that's been building in my life for years. Or you also your decision making becomes different though too. Even in yeah. like, because realistically, when you are that lazy mentality that does go into other areas of your life too. You are gonna to try to take that quick route. You are, and the quick the quick way never pays off. That quick route never pays off. You know, you could do less work now, but guess what, in the long run, it's gonna be more work. That's right. You know, so, but. And I don't think people realize though either, somebody is always watching. Always, always. You may impact somebody from 10 years ago yeah. that you have no clue who mm-hmm. you impact. I've had people come up to me even when we worked at the, I worked at the previous agency with you, but they're like, I'll, I'll never forget this, 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 and this happened. I was like, really? I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. But somebody's always watching. Look at a sword. And that's why it's important yeah. to how you carry yourself. Um, you know, integrity is everything. I tell everybody that you're a liar. I, it's hard to gain that ground back. Yeah. Integrity is everything. Um, but be that, be that person because you don't know who's watching. Yeah. And that's when we talk about the sword aspect the first time I saw you in court, you know, who would have knew like that years later we'd be doing this podcast together? Sure. But and believe it or not, some of the people that trained me, yeah, I am now their supervisor. I believe it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it goes around, it's the circle of life, how you treat people, how you do yeah. things. Always be nice to people because that could that could be your superior one day, yeah. and you don't know what form of capacity they're going to come back could haunt you or could benefit you yeah. down the road. And I, I could say this much happened both ways for me. One of the greatest officers that I know right now, extremely street smart and street and intelligent, always there when shit goes down, love the death. Well, he trained me. And now I'm on the squad with him, and I'm a supervisor. I'll tell you this much. When I heard that he was going to be on my squad, I couldn't thank God enough because I knew how he was as a person. Sure. I knew how he was as a cop, and I know shit could get handled. In the same regard, there was another person in a different element who he got promoted, and in my opinion, just just my opinion, was um, probably shouldn't be put where he's put. But that person also would call me 
routinely for advice on how to handle situations, supervision, and stuff like that. Again, we made we'd never seen eye to eye before that. He didn't like, but yet he felt confident and could trust you enough to reach out to you. And that's like I always tell my guys, man, I don't need you to fucking like me. I don't. I just need you to do your fucking job and know that I have your back. I am not hanging out with you outside of work. Yeah, I tolerate going, you. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I literally, I work alongside of you, but outside of that, I have no interest in what you're doing. I don't care when you're right. on, when you're here. Yeah, we're together. I said, but when you go home, I don't care what you're doing if it's not interfering with your profession. That's right. I don't care. Yeah. That's not being cold. That's not being you know me just being an asshole. That's literally. I got more important shit to go in my life. Right. When I wake up in the morning, my first thought is like, oh, my God, I wonder what so-and-so. I don't give a fuck what so-and-so is doing. That's right. I have my routine every single morning. Send out my text. Wake up in the morning. Go to the gym. Do what I got to do. That's it. Yeah. I, I, don't think, I don't think twice about it. Now, if, if somebody, one of my guys texts me, they always know this, too. Everybody's got my personal. That's what I use. My guy texts me. I'm going to respond. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys where it's like, oh, you can wait till tomorrow for that. I mean, sometimes the information I won't be able to get to tomorrow sure. when I'm at work. Sure. But the same aspect, like, I'll text him right back in there, you know? Well, I'll be the first to tell you, my phone goes on do not disturb. Somebody better be dead. Have to <laughs> I'm asleep. I yeah. am asleep. <laughs> the funny part about that is, too, so obviously you have a work phone, too. Today. Yeah, but I don't it, – it's my camera is what I call it. I don't I have a work phone. So there you go. So you have your work phone and your personal phone, right? So I always tell people, too, man, like, I have my work phone. Is on when I'm at work and when it's and when it's at home, it's on West Coast time delay. I'll check that thing every four hours, make sure I don't got a text, make sure I don't got a phone call, because the majority of those phone calls are spam anyway. So, you know, if you really need something urgent, and I've only got one person on my favorites list that I can actually brock that do not disturb list, I don't care. You know, like I mean, text me, call me, doesn't I'm sleeping or napping. Right. You know, I'll get to you when I get to you. But unless you're on that unless you're that one person, fuck that. Ain't nobody getting through. That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah, that, they ain't gonna be able to use the phone if they're dead. So I'm not. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Telemarketers. Ain't yeah, exactly. Yeah. Potentially spam. Yeah, potentially. Like every call. America. Every other call. <laughs> oh man, this has been a packed uh, conversation. We went all down the rabbit. I I liked it though. I, I kind of figured it. that was gonna happen. Which I, love I was it. hoping for. You know, um, it's it's one of those things where it's. It just goes, and I think. It well, I mean, it, point is, we can beat a dead horse with this physical fitness and everything. But I think what we're trying to embody and trying to get out there to everybody, you, you can be your own superhero. Yeah. Um, every single day. I mean, it's every single person in the world grew up with comics. Think about it. Comics. Uh, something on TV that they wanted to emulate, whether it was Arnold Schwarzenegger, whether it was Atlas, whether it was um, He-Man, whether it was Rocky, whether it was a Terminator, and then on the female side, whether it was Barbies or She-Ra, whatever the case may be, whatever you grew up with, there's always somebody you can emulate. That can be you. That doesn't mean you have to be, like I was saying too, like, I love The Rock. I love Dwayne Johnson, but do I want to be Dwayne Johnson? Absolutely not. No. No. I always say, love Tom Brady. Can Tom Brady do what I can do? No. Can I do what Tom Brady can do? No. So at the end of the day, I don't wake up in the morning like, oh man, I know the Buccaneers lost yesterday. Okay. So, doesn't matter to me. I still got to wake up. I still got to do my shit. Right. I always tell people too when it came to college sports, and this is obviously where we're from. It's huge. I was like, you guys take this so personally. These kids got to go to school on Monday. You got to go to work. 
it's only a football game. The majority yeah. of guys aren't going to the pros. Use that same energy for yourself. <laughs> yes, you're getting so emotional over a three-hour that you're not even playing. That you're not even in, and you're chat. You're putting your dreams on a 19, 20, 20 year old who has to go to trigonometry on Monday morning. If that's even a class anymore, I've seen people get upset over a fantasy football league. Why? 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 That guy's making five million a year, whether or not you better him or not. <laughs> That's right. You know, like, dude, like, stop taking it so personally. Like, oh, my team, your team, you got a share? Yeah. You played? Yeah. You got a Super Bowl ring? You drank a 24 pack and got drunk. Yeah, you, that's not your team. <laughs> you may have thought so after that 24 beers, but yeah. they're not your fucking team. Yeah. You know? Out of all the things we said on this show, I'm probably going to offend most people. <laughs> don't care, start doing yeah. podcasts. This is yeah. the Huff and Stuff podcast. I am a victim. We don't sugarcoat sure, sure anything. But, my, uh, my Cowboys won. Okay. When it went to Super Bowl, like the triplets did, okay. <laughs> well, like I said, it's um, it's all what you make it. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. It's it's your life is your life. Nobody else is making yours. Well, let me ask you, do you, I know you're not big on goals? Have have you have you set any goals for 23 or anything I, different? Changes just, anything yeah, different? Or just, just on consistency and doing what you're already doing? Yeah, um, I just keep on doing what I'm doing. It's it's worked for me, especially more so in the last. From February, end of February on, um, pretty much when everything changed, I moved, I got promoted, I just became, like, commandeered my life a lot more. I loved myself a lot more. I realized my worth a lot more. And again, your worth is your fucking worth is what you put on it on a daily basis. My goal is for 2023 to just be better every day. Sure. It's really simplistic, you know? I watched the interview. I don't necessarily agree with her political views, but actually Judge Judy, she did a um, interview at a college. They interviewed her and she said something years ago that I heard and it always stuck with me. She said, no matter what capacity you're in, be the best mm-hmm. that you can be. Yeah. She said, if you're a cook at a restaurant, be the best cook. Yeah. She said, I have known doctors who have quit their profession because their secretaries were so good at what they did they shut up the profession because when you lose that one person mm-hmm. that everybody's to go to, yeah. people will shut down. I mean, the, thing, the goal was she was trying to get a point. You got to be the best that you can be no matter what that position is. I don't know if you're taking out the trash. Yeah. You're, you know, it's, be the best. You got to be the best at whatever you is. I mean, show up in the best capacity and the best form you can show up at. That's what Find I'm something you love doing and be the best at it. I'm not going to say Judge Judy stole that from Frisella, but you may have. Because <laughs> Frisella talks about that when it comes to being a fry cook. If you're going to be a fry cook, be the best fucking fry cook there is. Yeah. Make people line up outside to want those fries. Yeah. You know, and being the best that you can be on a daily basis is exactly it. That's... That's what you have to ask yourself, but more so it's what you have to demand of yourself. Yeah. You have to go out there every single day and be better than you were the day before. And again, it doesn't matter. You can be perfect all the fucking time. Well, you but have you to show up for people to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to actually come to fucking work. You actually have to show up for work. Yeah. That is not a yeah. prerequisite. That, that should be just, that's the bare minimum showing up. Yeah, please. Show up to work and then do your fucking job. That's another one of my favorite things. I stole from the Patriots. I think theirs is just do your job, but the real version is do your fucking job. Um... It's you gotta want to you gotta want it, and you gotta and it, like again. You talk about you know stopping one profession and doing another again. So when does it end? Like if you people ask me all the time, do you like South Carolina? If I don't like South Carolina, I'd be in Texas. If I didn't like Texas, I'd be somewhere else. 
do you like policing? If I don't like policing, I'd be doing something else. Yeah. Or I'd be doing this elsewhere. It's, I'm one of those people, I've never had an issue. If I don't like something, I'm going to change it. That's yeah. just the way I am. Because in my time is, time is limited. Excuse me, time is short. There's, we have a, we have a limit on what we have, excuse me, have in life. And it's, if you're not happy, when are you going to be happy? I know a majority of people out there, not just in law enforcement, that are doing jobs, they're simply doing it for a paycheck. They hate it. You, they are fucking miserable. And what, you're going to, you're going to last on the fucking 15 years doing that? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, what are you passionate about? Yeah. And if you don't know, find something you're passionate about. You may have to eat it a little bit. You may have to like, okay, you may have to take a pay cut. You may have to like have a little, you know, a little time in between jobs, whatever the case may be. But wouldn't you be rather happy for the rest of your life than sitting there and being like, I hate my life. Because then that, again, that trickles down to your real life too. That's right. You know, and that's personal your, relationships yeah, and everything else. You, it's, it's such a domino effect. And it's, if people wrap their head around it, and they realize, wow, this, you spend so much time at work and we spend more time at work than most people do because most people only put in their 80 or 40 hours a week, whatever case would be. And for us, it's a minimum of 85 and supervisor is generally at least 90 to 95. You spend so much of your life at work and if you're miserable for the large majority of that time, how in the world do you expect that to translate well to your personal life when you're not there? Sure. And you know, one thing I have learned over the years, the first five years, I'd probably bring work home. You're new in the profession. Yeah. We had an exciting story today, but as I've progressed, I only work at work. Yeah. I, I don't, it, it could be bad people hearing this, but if I'm not at work, I don't care what happened. I, I really don't, unless it affects me personally, yeah. I, I don't care. One of the best comments that I think that I've had about myself, which I've observed over the last few years is, when people are like, oh, did you hear? And I'd be like, bro, I don't hear shit. I care about my fucking guys. Secondary, I care about my region. Whatever else goes on, I don't care. I was like, one, I don't care because whatever you're gonna tell me is probably gonna be absolutely exaggerated bullshit. Two, is the fact that if it doesn't have to do with me or my guys, if you're coming to me, it's about me, I'm gonna tell you the truth. But if it's something that doesn't have to do with my guys, I honestly don't give a fuck what they're doing. Right. I don't care. Right. And that's that's something that I've gotten much better at. You know, talking about bringing your work home with you and stuff like that. Obviously, you know, when I was married, it was to a cop, and that was one of our biggest disadvantages. Was you know, you you have to bring work home with you at that point, and it sucks because yeah. then you hopefully have something else to talk about. You know, and it's it's one of those things that I've become better at now. It's like if you want to talk about work. You come catch me in 100 hours. That's the way I look at things. If this isn't work-based, or if this is work-based, you'll see how many people, especially that quote-unquote need you when it comes to work, you tell them, fine, no problem. Call me tomorrow at 7 o'clock in the morning when I'm at work. They won't call you. <laughs> yeah. They won't. Yeah. Because they needed you right then and there, or they felt it was so important. But then they realized at the end of the day, hopefully they realized it wasn't that important, because it wasn't important to me. Right. You know, if you can't remind me in the morning, or if you can't call me, guess what? It's not important to me either. That's right. Was it important to me yesterday? It's still not important to me today. If it's important, you'll remind me. That's what That's I'm right. That's right. And you know, it, sometimes we can get the mentality we have to save everybody, but over the years I've realized you can't save people who don't want to be helped. Yeah. You can you can put out the the leaf to help them, um, 
was an olive leaf, probably, yeah. whatever it's called. Um, olive put branch. It olive branch, not the leaf. <laughs> yeah. olive, olive branch. You put the olive branch out the leaf there. Leaf would probably break. <laughs> yeah, leaf would probably break. Uh, you can throw it out there, but I mean, you, you can't save everybody. No. You can't. There's some people who legitimately do not want to be helped. It's because, again, it goes back to, and that's not even an age thing. That's just a victim mentality. It's like if they don't have that victim mentality, they have nothing. Yeah. It's, you know, it's when people start something and have built-in excuses. Sure. You know, it's like, okay, well, who's talking about the gym, right? Guess what, guys? The gym is going to be crowded at 6 o'clock in the fucking evening because everybody goes there. That's right. Again, wake up earlier and go in the morning when there's not that many people there where you feel more comfortable. That's right. You know, oh, you don't, you don't feel comfortable at the gym? Okay, work out at home. Go with a 45-minute walk. Do some push-ups. Do some sit-ups. Do some jumping jacks. Jump some rope. Do something. Get some baby weights. Well, that is all about improvising because even when they shut the gyms down in 2020, you had to do something different. If you didn't have a home gym, yeah. I mean, you had to improvise. Oh, it fucking was, sucked. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. I you mean, had to go under lift the log or like, yeah. go Rocky Balboa mode. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, I got those cables, those resistant band cables. And uh, you know, no matter what, it's obviously not the same thing as fucking free weights, but it's it was something. It was something to keep myself occupied because at the time I had the torn hamstring, COVID's going on and shit like that. So when you have somebody whose whole life is built up on physical fitness and being able to get out there and be motivated that sucked but I couldn't just sit around the house and be lazy that's right you know I mean yeah then I, then I read a bunch of books I mean, that's why I really fell into like reading a lot I would just go through a book like literally a book a week I mean Amazon was my best friend I just ordered a new book ordered a new book <clears throat> and then you know I just had to keep up on it because I just couldn't sit there and be like a lazy sack of shit you know, I just couldn't let my mindset fall into that. And thankfully I did it because like we had talked about, I came back the next week, we have the riots. Yeah. And it, it, you know, people would say what they wanted. Yeah, it's an ego thing. Could you imagine if I would have came back like after 10 weeks off and been like 20, 30 pounds heavier? People are like, what the fuck happened to you, Joe? Yeah. But you know, what's funny is they'll, they'll say that to me, but if somebody else who's already is overweight and they put another 20, 30 pounds, they won't say it. That's right. Which is always weird to me. It's like, because what if you'd rather be known for being, quote unquote, the epitome of physical fitness or someone who's always in shape, as opposed to just being like someone who's known as obese? I think you'd rather be known as a guy who's physically. We'll let you shape. sit out the pack course this year. Yeah, exactly. You look you look like you might die. You might break something. Yeah, you might break something, correct? And we don't, you know, it's. <sighs> It's what you, what you want to be known for. Like I said, I mean, even like, even when you want to call it egotistical, whatever the case may be, it's just ingrained in me. I have to wake up every day and I have to train. Even when I was hurt, I have to wake up every day and I have to train. You know, I tell people all the time, it's like, you know, like I'm hurt. Dude, there, there is not a day that I wake up that something doesn't hurt. Yeah. I, ibuprofen is my best friend. Goody powder, Pepsi, yeah, yeah, and I, right now. And I, literally, yes, yeah, so I tell people all the time, I was like, I take ibuprofen, like, thank God ibuprofen is so cheap. You know, and it's like, I just picked up another bottle this morning. I got three bottles. I got one in my lunch pail. I got one in my car. And I got one in the house. And I go through ibuprofen. It's like, whether it be, you know, my neck pain, whether it be my, you know, sciatica, which thankfully the chiropractor has solved, you know, things of that nature. Like, I mean, there were days where it was bad. Like, I'd be taking five pills three times a day. You know, people are like, oh, that's bad for your liver. That's coming from somebody who's 100 pounds overweight. You're telling me that's bad for my life. Right. You know what? You know what's bad for you? You know what's bad for your heart? That 100 pounds. That's right. You know, like let, let's call a spade a spade. It's that's easy. Right. It's easy to throw stones at somebody who's like, you don't, you don't have that much. You know, that's another thing too. Is like, it's easy to pick on something who has everything going for them. Well, first off, nobody has everything going for them. Everybody's got their own shit they got to deal with. Just because you see something doesn't mean like they're not going to be like Nick and I where they're like, okay, this is the issues that I'm having. This is what I'm trying to work on. People aren't going to put that up because they're like, oh, well, that's my own business. Okay, cool. It's your own business. 
So if you're going to cast stones, again, just remember the house you're living in yourself. That's, That's right. what I always tell people, too, is like, there's a lot of shit in this world that I know. And I I just choose not to throw stones. That's right. You know, and it's easier for me. It's like, okay, cool, man. You want to live your life that way? Cool. Knock yourself out. And going back to the weightlifting, if you decide to embark on this and try to change your life, I tell everybody, take a picture the first day. Yeah. When you see the results over, just say, a month, it's like a high. Yeah. You're like, wow, I don't even like the same person. Yeah. Um, keep record of it. Yeah. And then in a year, you can be like, holy shit. Yeah, lose, and lose a scale, too. I think, I think that scale thing is such a 1980s, 1990s type thing. It's like, it is how your clothes fit. It is how you look in the mirror. Like, I take progression photos every single day. And it's like, I look at myself every day, and I'm like, okay, I can tell. Like when I'm like, all right, I probably shouldn't have had that extra piece of pie over the weekend because it's coming to be on a Tuesday now. It's like, yeah, it was good for the workout on Monday, but you could tell like your body gets into that rhythm. It's just like, like if you're so used to eating a certain food and then like if I was like, I haven't had a hamburger in God knows how long, but if I was to go out and have a hamburger today, I know tomorrow morning I'll probably look good like in the mirror, but I can also tell you tomorrow morning I'm going to be sitting on a toilet for a while too because sure. And all that food that I'm not used to. Sure. You know your body, just like someone who unfortunately eats all the time and it's always bad choices. They're not going to know anything. But when you turn to eating clean or cleaner, you're going to realize that body change and you're going to have more energy. You're going to be more, you know, you're not going to be as lethargic. You're not going to be as lazy. Things of that nature. You're not going to be as like, you know, it's like there was sugar highs. The afternoon comes, the next thing you know, like, oh, I'm just going to have another coffee. You know, you're going to have another fucking Starbucks, the milkshake. Like, come on. Right. You know, so right. it's. And, you know, sometimes people get the mentality where they're egotistical because now they're a meathead. They're all walking around buffing stuff. But people don't realize the work that goes into that. You should respect yourself enough when you get to that. But like, yeah, this is what I've worked on. This is what I've got. Yeah. I used to I used to apologize um, when people would bring, like, kind of like bring that up. Like, it used to be like people would compliment me and whatnot. And then, it, you know, then it, the conversation would go on them. And I'd be like, oh, like, I would look at it like it's a more as an empathetic kind of way. And then I realized, like, what the fuck am I apologizing for? I'm the one who's in the gym. I'm the one who's making the choice to eat that way. I'm the one who's trying to get the most amount of sleep that I can get, which isn't much because I wish I could sleep better than I do. But you have to, re- I had to realize the fact that I've earned that, you know, and just like anything, you know, like you're not giving anything, you're earning of Chris Chris Robertson said that one time, and I've always it's always stuck with me. It's like nothing given, everything earned. It's the same when it comes to your physical body. Sure, you know, and it's 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 one of those things where you know you should be you should be proud of who you are, and you should be proud of your body, you know, and you have again the choice to make that choice every single day, and it's not going to happen overnight. If you get anything out of this podcast, just realize like every step, like everything begins with one step. Yeah. And you've got to get out there and you've got to do it. You know, and like I said, if, if not, when, when is it going to change? What's it going to take? It's going to take the doctor saying, hey, bro, three of your valves are clogged up. Yeah. Oh, you got cancer. Oh, you've got diabetes. We're going to have to take your leg. Yeah. Guess what? It's going to be a lot harder to lose weight with one fucking leg. That's right. That's right. It sucks. Because yeah. the people with one leg, they would give anything to have two legs. Oh, yeah. You know, some people, you know. There are people, like whether it be military, whether it be people that just lost their legs in accidents, they give anything to have a second leg back. And you're telling me that you, you're you willing to put yourself at that that risk for what? Because you can't control your fucking mouth? That's right. Come on. 
Yeah. You know, you've got the ability to change that, man. You've got the ability to make your life better in every single facet. There's not one person who ever said getting healthier made me worse as a person. That's right. <laughs> it's not, just not going to happen. Well, I think we hit all the points. Leadership. Working out. It was an down the rabbit hole. I loved it. It was. It amazing. was great. I tell, I'm telling you, man. Uh, you know, once this hits and stuff like that, you know, I think I think when I was you know telling a few of the people that I was like, yeah, I'm going with Huff on his podcast. And they're like, oh man. They're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Richard was great. Yeah. I, was, I, was <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's. I see two former co-workers that I highly respect, but uh, yeah, it's been great. I've enjoyed it. I think it's always it's funny though too. You see the work ethic. That's what I'm so. That's what I'm, I'm real big on. Excuse me. I'm real big on uh, being with like-minded people. And Richard, yourself, me. You realize that after all that time, like Richard had just left the business, you know. But still, through all that time, the one thing that will always bring us together is that work ethic. It's not just the profession. Well, if anybody embodies leader, it's Richard. He always had his guys back, and I've told him that personally, and I said, you know, there were some plops there at the end. I said, but you knew if you were in a fight, you would be there. Mm -hmm. We cooked out every Sunday, Mm -hmm. the squad, if you were on his squad. Um, He he embodied that leadership. And that's where I got a lot of mine from now is always doing – that's just me as a person, yes, and that's what my dad and my mom had taught me. But my dad was also that guy who would send me 20 bucks in the mail when I was down here and be like, go get pizza for the guys. And that's something that I've just continued. Yeah. It, it didn't matter. Pass it on. Pass it on. It didn't Pass matter it if I was making 740 every two weeks or I'm making 2600 every two weeks. The fact that it matters is it's still the same. You take care of your guys and they take care of you. That's right. And that leadership that guys like Richard showed, guys like Richard, guys like Darren, um, just a few off the top of my head, Earl. Um, those are guys who I've taken a lot from. And when it comes to taking care of your guys, it's not always like, oh, let's put paperwork on these dudes. It's more so the fact of, hey, let me just put, just some, you can pull somebody aside and be like, don't do this again. You're fucked up. And they would never do it again. <laughs> That's right. it, man. You know, and it's having your guys back and stuff like that. And it's realizing, hey, I was in that spot too. I think that's one of the things that I've, that I've seen myself. It's like, you realize, like, you ever look back at your younger guys and you'd be like, man, I wasn't that stupid, was I? And then you're like, yeah, I probably wasn't that fucking stupid. Yeah. It's just that I had good leadership. Right, 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 right. In way. And that's where Richard comes in. You gotta put yourself in your shoes. And that's a hard thing. It is. That's a hard thing, it man. Is. Because, because I got in this business when I was, you know, 30 years old. And some of these guys have never known anything other than college. So they come out of this business, they're 21, 22 years old. And it's a big boy job with big boy people. Sure. And I can't put myself in their shoes as a 21-year-old, but I can put myself in someone who does another astronaut, but when it comes to law enforcement, sure. it doesn't matter if you're 21 to 30 at that point. The only thing that's going to help you is maybe your life experience. So it's it's hard. you know. But once you do that, you separate that, and you're able to be like, hey, yeah, okay, I see, I see why you did this now. Don't do it again. But I see why you did it. Right. Well, I think that is going to wrap it up for today. Joe, thank you for being on the podcast. I don't even know. I appreciate everything you did. I appreciate the Superman action figure. Law of attraction, bro. Keep keep a tradition alive. Always, bro. When I used to work with Shilako, about every other week, I'd have some Superman on there. I think think Superman actually made the top of my Christmas tree one year. Yes, it was. Yes. (laughs) 
But uh, like I said, you're an inspiration to people, your physical fitness and everything. And, you know, it could come across harsh at times, but at the same time, all we're trying to say is do better. Just do better. better. 23 is a new year. February is soon approaching. If you didn't start your New Year's resolutions, you can do it now. Tomorrow. Every day is a new day. There is no need for it to be January 1st. Every single day is a new opportunity to start a new life. To be the 9%. That's it. All right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, remember to put your shopping carts back, report <laughs> the potholes. Hey, let me ask you about yeah. what about potholes in South Carolina? How bad is it? It's, Tell these people how bad it is. It is so fucking bad that there are literally streets I will avoid downtown or to the point of where I know certain areas are, so I have to make sure that no traffic is coming the other way so I can merge and go around that. Yeah, I, at least if people say what they want about the North, especially New York, all I know is this, man. Our roads are great. <laughs> and if they're not great, they get fixed right quick. Come so, down to the South. You'll uh, want to play Mario Kart. I didn't know if I was driving down a street or Fallujah on one of these things because it looked like there was a bunch of fucking landmines that it went off for a good three blocks. It's it's that. It's been like that for years, too. Yeah. And what, are you going to blame it on the snow? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. The Egyptians have the do better, that are do thousands of years yeah. old, and we still yeah. got I'm still filling in gravel. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put some shovel gravel in on it. How, do they do the they do the plates up here? Like they put those big old steel plates on them sometimes. Sometimes, but you know the thing is, whenever our weather's so unpredictable, they yeah. may fill it with gravel. And the next day, a rain comes and washes it down and makes it ten times bigger. The so mess, now your the whole mess. car can fit into it. It's like a sinkhole. Well, so. Here's a here's the thing for it, for those people who have never picked up a sewer cap. So a sewer cap is actually really light. And here's the thing about a sewer cap: it's perfectly circular. So if you pick up a uh, a sewer cap, you can put it right back in, and you won't have to worry about it because it'll weeble its way back down. You can just step on it and go back. They're pretty light. Those giant four by four steel plates, those are not light. You cannot move those as a human. You, they, there's literally reasons of why there's trucks involved in that. Yeah. So the shitty part is when a four by four plate is covering a hole. Because if that thing moves, they have to bring out like the truck to come out and move it and stuff like that. So you can move a sewer cap, but you can't move a steel plate. That's Just right. That. <laughs> I don't know out there where I'm at. They will yeah. take, take it and sell it at an auction or a uh, pawn shop or something. Like <laughs> it's pretty bad out there. It's a good statue too. Put your shopping carts back. Report the potholes. Remember, no is still an answer. If it's not in your house, you can't eat it. Tomorrow's a new day. Be the 9%. Uh, remember, port, support your mom and pop businesses. Support law enforcement. Uh, re-rack your weights. Re-rack your fucking weights, man. Re-rack your weights. Wipe down your person. machines, too. Wipe down your sweaty machines. motherfuckers. <laughs> and wear deodorant. Wear deodorant. Yeah. I, I don't mean axe. I mean, like, fucking deodorant. Like, go out there, get yourself some Old Spice, some Gillette Clear Gel. Like, wear, you know, brush your teeth. Like, have some hygiene in the gym, dude. Like, that's another thing. That's not even the summer and some of these motherfuckers out there. Jesus Christ. Like, it's like you had an everything bagel, but you're wearing it. Yeah. Well, I know your Instagram's kind of uh, on the... I didn't see any pictures on there. So yeah, where, I told, where, yeah, I, I told, yeah, so I, what I did was to start the new year. Actually, I don't have any pictures. I do everything through stories. You're never going to see me do a fucking reel or one of those... <laughs> mimic things like where people speak over another audio or whatever that's not my style I don't like those but uh yeah the only social media I have is Instagram it's literally my name Joseph Chilarco thankfully nobody took that but <laughs> I have been hacked numerous times um but that's another reason why I don't have any pictures up either 
Yeah. Is uh, unfortunately I had my identity stolen, um, legit, to the point where it was like some dude out of Indiana who was a. Uh, took my credit card ruined my fucking credit for a few months out of that get that shit back then they took my pictures they put it on fucking some sort of match.com thing when using my credit card it's pretty rough like I did do yeah it's pretty crazy when you write your own reports um, for yourself but I got the auto rectified which is a real reason why I don't have anything up um, I just put all my stuff in my stories man that's yeah. how I look at it you know and people look at that it's a it's a nice quick thing you know? quick. yeah it's every single day you're gonna get the same shit for the most part let me ask you something I never I never asked you this what, what's the Clydesdale thing <laughs> is that something you want to talk about or yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can talk about it it's actually it's actually pretty funny so um, the Clydesdale thing was a moniker given to me back up up in New York before I was a police officer my cousin he had made a bolo which is be on the lookout and uh, it was a picture of me and it said it was it was in reference to my uh, my my genitalia being a Clydesdale type size, um, known to tear people up, and you know being a Clydesdale. So then I got the Mustang. And I'm a big sports car guy, so I bought a Mustang and I got the license plate that said Clydesdale. And then the other reference that it came into being was my last name obviously being Chilotico, so it was Joseph the Clydesdale Chilotico, very wrestling-like, or fighting-like, whatever you want to consider. And then if you look at Clydesdale, the actual horse, it is the be-all, end-all. Sure. It's the strongest, it's the work it's the workhorse, literally. Yeah. So it just fit. It just stuck. Yeah, and it just stuck with um, with that. So it wanted to be one of those things where it just stuck, and. Um, there could be a lot worse things to be called than a Clyde. <laughs> hey, yeah, I guess it, I guess it could be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's where it, that's where it came from. It's uh, it's one of those things when people ask me, I'm like, do you want the real story? Or do you want like the abridged one and a third version? I'll just give you all three, man. There you go. You know. So but check them out. Shalotko, Jay Shalotko on Instagram. Joseph Shalotko. Joseph Shalotko. Yeah. Um, if you follow me, and I don't know who you are, I'm probably not going to follow you back. But if you tell me who you are. I'll likely follow you. But I don't follow that many people either. If you ever, if you ever look at my followers, I don't follow that many people. But if you're interesting and it's cool shit, I follow it. He looks brash and harsh, but you ask him any questions, he's very humble. He'll help you out any way he can if you got any it's, questions. Yeah, you got, you got to look the part. You got to look the part. <laughs> you got to look the part. Yeah. Um, check us out on the Huff and Stuff podcast page. Like I said, we're going to go YouTube channel this season, trying something different this year. So this episode will be available. On YouTube at Huff and Stuff Podcast, probably be available next week. But check us out on Spotify and the Apple Podcast platform. We will see y'all on the next episode. Y'all take care. Be blessed. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to the show. You survive. Apply if necessary. Remember to put your shopping cart back where it belongs. Re-rack your weights. And don't be a lab rat. And no is still an answer. We'll see you on the next episode. Until then, be blessed.